Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Sutras here. Great doubleheader for you today. We're going to start things off talking to Sanford Green. It now can be revealed, although it was a few months ago. Sanford and David Walker are the team on Power Man and Iron Fist. The book debuts today. It is excellent. I uh, had an opportunity to read the first issue, and it's great to get back with Sanford, who can now speak freely about the project and uh, their future plans for Luke and Danny. Uh, It's great to see these two characters back together again. And uh, you will feel the Lethal Weapon vibe, or I said to it, there's a bit of a Ghostbusters 2 vibe in a good way uh, regarding Luke, uh, who isn't as excited about being back together again with Danny as Danny is. And uh, it's a funny book, there's great action, and it's a really good first issue where there's a problem and solution in the first issue that leads to more problems. And I think that's excellent, and we talk in depth about that. And uh, a lot of other things. It's uh, it's great to welcome Sanford back. Uh, Sanford is going to be promoting the book as well um, this week. Uh, he's got a signing uh, that's happening on Wednesday and two signings on Saturday. Uh, and he will uh, discuss those with us and uh, his convention plans and a whole lot more. Sanford Green in part one of Word Balloon. Part two, I'm talking to the creative team behind the Gold Key Alliance. The Gold Key Heroes are back together again. Uh, It's coming from Dynamite, and uh, it's a very interesting series that's uh, getting started in a couple months from uh, Brent Peoples, the artist, and our pal Phil Hester, the writer. And uh, Phil is an old hand, I think, at this point in terms of uh, taking uh, uh, great superhero ideas from the Silver Age and even the Golden Age and fleshing them out and really uh, giving them a modern spin. He did it on Project Superheroes for Dynamite. Uh, working on uh, things like the Black Terror. He also uh, did it recently for Tower Agents. And uh, now he's got uh, Dr. Spectre, Mighty Samson, Turok, and Magnus Robot Fighter. Uh, It is great to see these characters together and in a very modern story, and they take us through the paces to get us prepared for that issue one. Um, Phil is also working on a book with uh, John McRae called Mythic, and uh, it sounds fantastic. It's an image book. Uh, they're, they're midway through the series right now, I believe four issues in, and, uh, I, I'm happy to hear about that as well. So, uh, it's a great chance to catch up with Phil and get to know Brent on, uh, on this project. So a good chance to talk to good creators about, uh, their, their current projects and, uh, reviving characters and, uh, you know, what their thoughts on the modern comic market, as you usually hear right here on Word Balloons. So more perspective on today's Word Balloon podcast, brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Great deals are happening at InStockTrades.com. Uh, for instance, you can save uh, up to 50% off select image titles. DC and image titles, there's at least 45% off, and a whole lot more. And I'll give you some examples of some of the books that are on sale this week. You can get things like Captain America White, Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb, They finally managed to uh, get the entire uh, five-issue run out there, and it's a wonderful series about uh, Cap and Bucky. It is uh, 50% off, and it's just $14.99. You can get the Superior Foes of Spider-Man Omnibus Collection. Nick Spencer, Steve Lieber, a really great offbeat uh, run that uh, really became a tremendous story. And in fact, they are taking their talents to a new image book, and we'll talk to them about that image book in the months ahead. But uh, that book is 42% off, and it's just $28.99. You can get Batgirl. Uh, it's, they made the announcement that, unfortunately, uh, Babs Tarr and uh, Cameron Stewart are, are leaving the book. 
But uh, you can enjoy the trade paperback, Volume 2, Family Business, an excellent story, 45% off, $9.34. Lots of shakeups happening at D.C. with that uh, rebirth coming up uh, later this summer. You reach back for Grant Morrison's excellent run on the Doom Patrol. You can get uh, him and Richard Case, Volume 1 on the trade paperback, 40% off, $17.99. Godzilla in Hell, the trade paperback from James Stokoe, is uh, out, and it is 30% off, $13.99. There's a creepy archive, Volume 23, excellent black and white writing and art from uh, tremendous creators like Archie Goodwin, Bruce Jones, Alfredo Acala. Jose Ortiz, Klaus Jansen, and many more, 42% off, $28.99. Really, there's never a bad, eerie, or creepy in that excellent representation through uh, Dark Horse's uh, hardcover collections of those fine things. Uh, Robert Kirkman and Invincible, yes, it continues. Ryan Otley, of course, doing the art. Uh, Volume 22, the trade paperback, is 45% off, $9.34. Just a few of the great deals that are going on at InStockTrades.com. Check it out for yourself, InStockTrades.com. Of course, Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your support. Um, I really do appreciate it, and uh, I thank you for your direct contributions to uh, help Word Balloon out on uh, the convention trail and uh, giving us the cash uh, to go from city to city. And uh, also to keep the equipment, uh, w- you know, updated and uh, and clean, and uh, hopefully making good sounding podcasts for you. And uh, you know, we've, we're getting a whole bunch of uh, new creators that have been on for the first time, and also old favorites coming back. So uh, thank you very much for your support. If you feel like you want to contribute to Word Balloon via Patreon, go to my front page of wordballoon.com. There's a Patreon sign right there. You can click on that, and it will uh, get you to, uh, to the website of Patreon. And uh, there's a video there explaining why, you know, I'm asking for uh, subscription money. It's not necessary, but if you can spare it and you think worth, Word Balloon is worth your time, and, uh, you know, I, I, I try to give you at least uh, 8 to 10 hours a month, um, that's a lot of, I think, uh, good entertainment. For uh, And certainly a lot longer of, of the entertainment that you get than uh, some comic books that you read. I, let's be honest, a lot of comic books that you read. So uh, if you enjoy uh, the programming and want to help support the show and can do it, I thank you for your support. All right, let's get things started and uh, touch base again with Sanford Green, who, man, I'm telling you, we, we started this conversation last summer. And uh, Sanford is just having uh, a tremendous success. And I'm very excited for he and David Walker because they let me read the first issue of Power Man and Iron Fist already. Tremendous book. I highly recommend it if you're at all interested. <clears throat> as uh, Sanford points out, it's uh, familiar at, at the same time as being something new for the guys. And uh, I think they succeed in everything they tried to do with this book. Let's talk to Sanford Green now on Word Balloon. He's back at Sanford Green. Welcome back to Word Balloon, and congratulations. I, I got a sneak preview, but, uh, man, Power Man and Iron Fist, uh, you guys are back. I mean, David Walker and you are doing a hell of a job, and it's a great first issue, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, the duo is back. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for having me back on your uh, esteemed show. Oh, th- hey, thank you. What are you talking about, man? You're slumming it when you come on this show, but I appreciate it. Thank you for, like, showing up. Um, hey, seriously, this is great, and I love the tone of it, and it's beautiful. Nice going. And you, first of all, let's start with the art, because that's your that's your realm. Did you co-plot, by the way? Because somebody asked and asked kind of a writer's question, and I, I don't know how much, if at all, you co-plotted with David on this. Um, yeah, we, we actually... Um... 
uh, we I wouldn't say co-plot, but I definitely had some 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 good input um, with where we're going in the direction of the story. So yeah, that okay. Cool. cool. Um, well, then, you know, when we get to those questions, I asked a couple of Word Balloon listeners, or I threw it out to them. So we got a few questions, and we'll, we'll talk about that then. Awesome. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, the great thing is, um, it reminds me of Ghostbusters 2, where Bill Murray, you know, kind of refuses to put the uh, the, the work clothes on right. anymore. And he's got the suit on. And then... <laughs> And the rest of the team is like, all right, man, let's go. Let's go. Exactly. And 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 Luke, you know, and Luke is kind of like that, where it's like, yeah, that's okay. I mean, we're, you know, as he keeps saying, we're not back together again. This is just for a specific, you know, favor. Right. One, one time and I'm out. And it's great because it really is like Danny represents the audience of, oh, that's great. They're back together, man. This is cool. <laughs> and Luke's like, yeah, no, no, no. But I like how you subtly, he's still in his his colors. Right. But he's but he's very much like no, I'm not that guy anymore. Right. Yeah. And you know that was the uh, that was kind of going back to the initial question as far as plotting. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of the things that um, some of the ideas that I had as far as how to um, you know play up on Luke Cage and what he you know as far as his color his colors. I mean you know mm-hmm. he's. For the most part, he's had those colors, you know, since, you know, the beginning, his inception. Right. But, absolutely, you know, he's had these different incarnations over the last few years. And a lot of those to some to some extent, he's almost kind of he kind of went away from that, that those colors. Yeah. Um, no, he was in, he was in street clothes yeah, a lot of the time, like in the Avengers and stuff right, like that. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> my whole thing was, you know we can still put him in street clothes, but let's give him his colors. Kind of a, <laughs> a, a running joke is that most of his clothes, his street clothes are those colors. Like, you know, all, all his pants, <laughs> you know, or blue, <laughs> all of his shirts. You know, we, we just thought that would be kind of funny. You know, I guess to, to that extent as well, um, we, we wanted to make this, uh, kind of a buddy cop slash superhero story. Kind of absolutely weapon, weapon yes. with superheroes, you know, definitely, uh, definitely. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so those who are familiar with, uh, what, what they were back in the early, uh, eighties, late seventies, you know, you'll get some of that, but <clears throat> we're going to push on the kind of the fun factor a little bit here. And, um, give you some some good action as well so it's not going to be real heavy um not 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 yet anyway um so we're going in a direction that i think will you know bring in a a wider audience i think um so we're 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 moving in that direction right now so so far so good great response uh man this thing is is starting to uh, bloom into all kinds of, you know, opportunities um, Terrific. for me and David. So, you know, we're excited about that. That's excellent, man. Well, you know, talk about how long it took to get to this point. I mean, we're, we're literally, you know, we're, we're as we're talking, we're two days away right. from when the book comes out on Wednesday. Yeah. But, you know, can you take us through the process? Is that is that safe to talk about in terms of, like, you know, 
did David pitch this initially? I, you know, you've kind of alluded in the in before uh, when we talked last, and we talked about the hip hop covers that something was brewing, and clear. And, and my guess is this was the project that was brewing. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, can you take you did guess that? Didn't you? Did you guess well, that? I kind of did. Kind of said some I, things. Well, it, you know, honestly, I don't. I'm no Sherlock Holmes, man. It's just that there's a Luke Cage TV show that's already in the works. You know, Loeb is literally like, I can't tell you. I mean, then again, this is before right. Jessica Jones came out. All summer long, he's like, I can't tell you how great Mike Coulter is yeah. as Luke Cage. Right. He is incredible. This is exactly what we wanted. Right. And it's like, all right. And then you hear our and um. I know John isn't John Singleton still working on something for Marvel, and they haven't announced it yet. Um, I'm not sure. Okay, because that's a rumor that I think has been out yeah, there. Yeah, that has been out there. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like you know, um, well, there was already a Daredevil comic out there and everything. I know, you know, talking to Brian, you know, and I'm like, uh, hey, there's got to be a Jessica Jones book coming out soon, right? He's like, wouldn't that be great? And <laughs> and I'm, you know, and he, you know, exactly, he says something like that, and it's like. Well, yeah, they'd be stupid not to do that. Exactly. And and the same goes with, with what's been happening with Luke. And, I mean, that's – so there's that. Plus, honestly, my God, um, you know, Brian did a great job with Luke on Avengers. Uh, Fraction and Brubaker and uh, Dwayne Swarzynski all did amazing jobs on Iron Fist, plus Kari Andrews. And, you know, so I think they were building them up individually – and there always seemed to be that, well, you know, are we going to see any, you know, Heroes for Hire stuff with these guys? No, no, got to keep, you know, let's keep them separate. Let's remind, you know, everybody why they're great individual characters first and maybe down the line. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, all right, eventually it's going to happen. Right. Um, and I just kind of figured Luke Cage book was going to happen. The fact that it ended up being Luke Cage and and uh, Iron Fist, it's like, yay, all right. even better. So, so, yeah, back to my question. So so when when were you you know when when did when did either did you come up uh, to Axel did Axel come to you how did it happen? Um, you know it, it's it's all kind of a blur right now to be honest with you, man. Because we we we've been talking about ideas for like a couple of years, and you and David or you and Axel? me and Axel, um, okay. you know just. It was just talk, uh, you know, just hey, let's this let's let's see what we can do, and you know, what what do you have in mind, or anything that you would like to do, you know, the typical type of uh, conversations that you would have with with these guys, and you know, of course, I would say something like, "Man, it sure would be be awesome to do, uh, you know, a Luke Cage story, a Power Man story, like old school." I would say this kind of, you know, half-heartedly and, you know, Axel will will half-heartedly reply, yeah, yeah, cool, that sounds cool. And I'm already like, ah, there's no way in the world he's going to do this. (laughs) Are you kidding me? This is one of those, you know, that's just that that, that type of conversation that you got to have just to kind of keep it moving, right? You know, hey, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about it some more. I'm like, all right, I've heard that one before, and it's not anything against you know Axel or anything. It's just that's kind of conversations that you have with editors, you know, um, especially mm-hmm. when you see them at these trade shows, these conventions, and stuff like that. Um, but fast forward, and um, you know, truth be told, um, Brian Michael Bendis actually came to me at New York Comic Con last year, not this. 
not this past year, but the year before. 14. Uh, Fall of 14. 14. Yeah, right. And um, he was like, dude, um, we need to talk, man. And I'm like, we do? You know, that was quite a surprise that, uh, you know, one, that he knew who I was. And two, he actually wanted to talk. And, you know, if he's saying something to you, you probably need to pay attention. And um, even then, though, it was like he wanted to talk, but it was like, you know, and maybe I jumped the gun on it or what. I don't know. I, I was like, dude, um, I heard that you're a huge Luke Cage fan. Let's do something together. That would be awesome. And he said, oh, OK, well, you know, let's 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 kind of see what happens again. It's that that language you kind of read between the lines and you're like, yeah, I don't think that's going to around you know so sure sure but um oddly enough you know a few year, a few months uh went by and um i started getting um you know emails from axel and and then i got a couple of uh names as far as writers that you know would uh possibly be interested in working on something they didn't even say the whole power man iron fist thing yet it was just something in general that, you know, they were like, would you like to work with this guy? How about this person? And David, of course, is one of those names. And I said, yeah, I know David. Um, I knew some of the other writers too, but I knew David from just seeing him throughout the years and we've gotten acquainted over the years. And, um, and, and, and funny, I said to Axel uh, about David, I was, I was like, yeah, we're, we're actually working on, uh, Shaft right now. Well, he's the writer, and I'm doing like the variant covers for it. Mm-hmm. And um, Axel was like, "Really? Oh, that's awesome! Can you send those over?" So I sent him the covers that I was working on, and um, I guess maybe a week or so later, uh, you know, we're talking about possibilities as far as Luke Cage. So now I'm really you know, wow, this is exciting. And as the conversation kept going, it started to morph into Luke and Danny. So that was, that was pretty surreal uh, to say, to to say, uh, to put it in, 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 uh, in those words, it was just pretty, pretty overwhelming because that was kind of my, my childhood, you know, book, that was the the most influential book that that was out there for me, with the exception of, you know, Spider Man, which is you know that's everyone's, you know, go to for the most part. Sure. But okay. uh, in terms of being able to identify with a Luke Cage, you know, just seeing him and seeing <clears throat> someone that you know had this power you know, for lack of better words, you know, the seeing that just really impacted me. So this come full circle and to be working on something that impacted me as a child, uh, to be named, uh, to be named the artist, um, and the creative team, um, was pretty overwhelming, man, to, to, at first, uh, in a, in a good way. But, um, shortly after that, it got overwhelming in, in a, you know, overwhelming kind of way. <laughs> Because you're like, wow, this is, man, you know, we're we're asked to bring back 
something that hasn't been around for, man, at least 25 years in terms of the team. Uh, right, the two of them together. Yeah, yeah. The, that official team. Uh, there have been different incarnations of Power Man Iron Fist. Um, I think like five, six years ago, it was the younger right. Power Man. And yeah, either Van Lente or Greg Pak uh, created I, that, that guy. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So just, you know, knowing that this is the official, which is so odd that they hadn't been together officially together that long. This is the first time since the 80s or the early 80s or something like that. Well, yeah, you know, I think, am I nuts? Like the last time they were really together and maybe there was something after this, but I remember when Danny died. And, right. and 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 then the last panel was Luke saying "Sweet Christmas" or whatever, and right. that was it. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, know. you know, that's the that's the last one that stuck out for me, and and maybe that says something that even if there was a few after that, that's the last time it meant something. Right. And 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 that's that's where, like I said, you know, it was or is. Um, it became somewhat overwhelming because, you know, now we're looking at. Here's here's these characters that we now have to um, make them official again. Um, you know, of course, they're officially back together, but we have to make them a staple in the Marvel universe, and um, that's that's a that's a pretty tall order, you know, um, one that I happily take on, but uh, still. It was one of those things where you you start to realize, you know, the monumental task this is. But um, you know, like I said, we we're we're both super excited and enthused, and um, you know, we're, we're we're putting together some some things, and I think fans of the old uh, comics and those who are excited and, and wait, waiting to hear something or see something new, um, we're trying to give both aspects uh, to people. I agree. And I, uh, you know, the, this first story right off the bat and, and bringing back uh, Jeannie Royce, I'll be honest, I don't even remember Jeannie Royce. So if she was always part of the book, I don't remember her being there. Right. Was she always there? Yes. Or is this yeah, a, she, Okay. She, well... Um, she was the secretary for the Heroes for Hire. So whenever, you know, they needed to, you know, whenever they got some. A job. Yeah, yeah. a job. Uh, she, she took, she took, uh, she took all the <laughs> requests or the inquiries, yeah. if you will, that, that was the, that was her job. Yeah. And it was kind of cool just kind of reading back, um, getting back, uh, to, to, to get reacquainted with her because she was, um, you know, for lack of better words, she really was kind of in the background, but, um, in this, in this art that we're doing now, she's going to be kind of the center of it all. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty cool. We're bringing back these characters that were either incidental characters, throwaway characters, anything like that. And we're making them major players in this new story arc. 
Sure. Well, and you know, I, I imagine the da- the daughters of the dragon are, are going to be coming back soon as well. Wouldn't that be nice? That would- <laughs> <laughs> quote. I hear you. No, that's the. I think, and I, and maybe Axel thought as well, and likely from what you and David were pitching, the time is right, and like the the way pop culture is right now, this is the right time to bring this back because at their best, Power Man and Iron Fist represented that uh, grindhouse, you know. Buddy cop, you know, Lethal Weapon is kind of the end of that era, right. but even in the in the 70s and stuff, right. and it's that same Starsky and Hutch vibe. Absolutely, and, you know, uh, you know, really white and black aside, but that kind of you know street level crime that these guys would handle and stuff, and that's that's the thing. So yeah, you know, definitely the Lethal Weapon vibe is there, um, and yeah, it just seems like this is the time. Like even a movie like uh, uh, Channing uh, Tatum and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and now first roadie, yeah. and uh, you know, guy from uh, guy from Empire, Just because Terrence. Uh, that, uh, Terrence <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Absolutely. Terrence. Uh, what's his last name? No, uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence right? Howard. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You know, like fighting to me is such a '70s movie, mm-hmm. and it and it just like it was so it was so much fun. And I know it's a couple years old, but it, that's the kind of thing where I'm like. Oh, you know, this is great. They can go back and make these movies. And they're doing that with caper movies as well. I thought um, Jason Statham's Bank Job really was kind of a like throwback 70s uh, heist that. movie. Is that? It's a cool movie. Okay. Yeah, it's British, but it's, I mean, it's got that same street level from a British standpoint. <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, a lot of the British films, when it comes to uh, street, you know, uh, level British films are really. They're second to none. I love the direction on a lot of those. Um, Absolutely, you know they're so. I'm, I'm taking some cues from some of that stuff, actually. That's cool yeah. from an artistic standpoint. Yeah. yeah, that's excellent. So that's the thing. I think I think the timing is right, and and you know it. And also, like I said, I mean, both characters were being built back up again um, as men on their own. And and I would ask these guys, like I would ask um, Kari Andrews and stuff, and I'm like, well, you got 12 issues of Iron Fist. Is Luke going to be there? He's like, no, not really for this story. No. Right. You know, and it's like, okay. Um, so, uh, you know, and I'm like, all right, I get it. Or, you know, when, uh, again, you know, Danny would show up on the Avengers, but really Luke was more important with new Avengers and stuff, and that was his team, and Danny would show up a little bit. Right. But, um, no, now it's like, now the time is right. And yeah, man, let's you know. I I look forward to uh, Colleen and uh, Misty coming back and uh, getting the, getting the full band back together. And certainly, I, I don't want to spoil because it's it's still brand new, right? But um, you know, yeah, there's there's a plot here, and uh, Genie is Genie's kind of the catalyst to the to the plot at least for this first arc, right? And uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of kind of John Carpenter action fun. Alongside the Richard Donner Lethal Weapon kind of thing. Absolutely. Dude, Very we cool. can get you to do uh, a promo for us, man. Get you to. Hey, man, feel free. Take it. <laughs> Take it for the slug. Maybe Crystal Landers listening. And yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm for it. No, it's great, man. Honestly, it, it really. It, I think it really sings. The other thing, too, is, man, um, you know, and I've just. I was just talking about this with the last few guests. Um, the importance, like you say, to the Marvel Universe, but also. You know, um, it's a crowded uh, 
shelf out there. Right. There's a lot of books that are demanding attention. Right. And are you get how much story are you giving in each issue? And I think you guys succeeded. I don't. I think this was a very full first issue. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're 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 definitely trying to do. Uh, we're we're trying to have beats that that's going to one give you uh, some overarching, you know, story. You know, the big the bigger picture, but give you something that allows you to feel like okay, there's that was a complete story. Um, in e- in each issue, like um, of course we want you to buy every issue, but um, you know we we also want, we, we were cognizant of making sure that each issue has some type of closure, right? Um, right. You know there there's there's definitely to be continued stuff happening, but <clears throat> there's also you know, some things that will come to some conclusion to some degree in, in each issue. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to get some, some resolution on each, uh, in each issue. If that makes Very sense. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. No. And again, having read it, no, I hear what you're saying. Right. And I think again, people who maybe haven't bought it yet will be pleased to hear that. And yes, there, you know, there's a, there's an initial problem it gets solved. It right. leads to another problem. Exactly, <laughs> and that's good. No, that's great, man. That's that's old school Marvel, that's old and I think Marvel. that's that's exactly yeah. We're 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 trying to again keep in mind the things that made those those books then successful. Um, those beats were a lot quicker. Um, at the same time. It gave you a, a feeling that there was something bigger on the horizon. So, you know, that's, that's honestly where a comic should be. You know, every comic should be agreed. Like but you know, uh, sometimes some people uh, we can you know they can get caught up in trying to make it their opus. Which that that hey, absolutely, I, I say we should all try to do that with everything we do. But. Um, Sometimes you just you just need to just tell a simple story, and you know keep keep everything moving along. Absolutely, and I and I but I think you're right too in that you know given the nature of the format of of comics and that it's one chapter every month or so, right? You know about every month. Yeah, man, that's like okay, thirty days. So you got to make each issue count. And yes, it's great when it's collected. And it all runs together as a nice story and stuff. And for those who wait for the trade, that's fine. But, you know, I think Marvel in particular has made the point of saying, no, we still believe single issues matter. And it's like, great, then make those single issues matter yeah. and make us make us feel like we've bought something and been entertained. And, you know, again, the, yeah, you want to leave them wanting more. But by the same token, you don't want them feeling like I just spent four bucks for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, you know, no, you're right, man. And and yes, tell your magnum opus, but again, be mindful of the format that it's in. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I I really have to go back and read like somebody like Dickens that was Charles Dickens that was really in the same boat as comics in terms of. I think it was a monthly format. All those original stories and stuff. Oh, I mean, I know he was okay. writing for magazines, right? I'm, a, I'm assuming they were monthly magazines. Okay. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. It's like, all right, you know, Dickens was, like, stuck with that, too. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, so, that's, that's why I love listening to your show, John. I mean, you enlighten me every episode. Your well, your well, your, your vast knowledge of pop culture is second to none, so I am that much more wiser. I, I, I usually talk about a lot of, like, pop culture at parties and I'm impressing everyone because, you know, I know I seem to have all this knowledge. I got it from you. So there you go. <laughs> That's really nice. So well, sadly, Stanford, you see, yeah, but you're like, you're married. You, don't you have a kid? At least one. Of oh, I got more. two. I got two of those bad boys. Hey, right. right, see, there you go, man. Like, you know, you're, you're doing well, you know, I'm the, I'm uncle buck in the basement, you know, like, <laughs> You know, making mental notes of every Munsters rerun as opposed to, like, you know, living the the normal adult life. So, yeah, it's like I appreciate amongst our people. It's like, yeah, you know, wow, you really know a lot of pop culture. And all I can think of, it's like, yeah, but, you know, you guys have, like, <laughs> really had good adults. And I'm still, I'm still skipping around like, oh, man, look what came out on DVD this week. <laughs> well, John, it, it, it's, it's as simple as you... Hey, all you need is to, which I believe you will, you, you, you'll you find that, that, that one person that has a shared interest. See, oh, I hear you. You're, 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 <laughs> you have high taste, so you're not going to just settle for anyone that doesn't know the pop culture, you know, if they don't. Oh, man, get out of my head, man. You're right. That is exactly, <laughs> I am. I, I'm tough, man. I admit it. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, trust oh me. man, I, this is good. This has become a this has become a psychoanalysis of me. Oh, uh, hey, you know, uh, I figured we, <laughs> we've done a few of these already. I, I need to do something that's a little true. different. <laughs> that's true. All right, you you got a point. Uh, no, this is this is great, and uh, no, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And it's no, but I, honestly, I think especially lately with both companies, and I feel like a broken record because I know word balloon listeners are like, yeah, we know you keep saying it, <laughs> um, but it's true, man. Like the big two. I think they're they're facing their biggest challenges right now, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this in our last conversation as well. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the thing. It's really important that every issue count, right? And 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 yeah, that's like well, yeah, duh. And we say that, and it's there's a lot of competent storytelling going on, but nothing that really wows, or not a lot of product that really is. Oh my god, this is exceptional, <laughs> especially at the big two right now, mm-hmm. and it's important. To not, you know, because uh, this is something, again, Tom King, Tom King and I were talking about this. Hey, if the Flash comic book sucks, that's fine. Because every week I'm getting an amazing Flash television show mm, right. that, that represents the character really well. And it's incredibly exciting. And guess what? Another one's coming next week. And yes, it's not going to be there forever. But, you know, we're on season three or two. And, um, you know, Arrow's on season four. Same could be said for Green Arrow. Same could be said for the S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Right. I'm sorry. I read I read this week. It looks like Agent Carter might be done. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's too bad, man. Because there was rumors that she just did a new pilot for ABC, Haley Atwell. And everyone's like, what does that mean for Agent Carter? And it's like, yeah, it's confirmed. And it looks like because the ratings have been kind of low. I don't know. I haven't talked to Jeff yet, so maybe these are all still rumors. Okay. Well, but, you know, uh, honestly, you know, you know for, for the record... Um, I think Agent Carter was, you know, at least from my my vantage point, it's it was never meant to be this long running 
program anyway. Sure. Um, you know, it was more for, um, for lack of better words, it was, you know, filler for, yeah. you know. It's the two halves of the Shield season. Absolutely. Right. And no, a, mid, a mid-season limited run replacement series. Right, right. But I kind of like it. I love this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, but I really did. I have to admit, I really have enjoyed both uh, seasons, mm. and I kind of like how she has become the Nick Fury character in terms of the original Nick Fury character True. in terms of you know being there in World War II, right, and surviving to Winter Soldier time, and we'll see what state she's in if because the rumors are there in terms of uh, where she is with, with uh, Captain America: Civil War coming out soon. Oh yeah, yeah. But but even like you know Ant Man this summer and seeing her in the seventies, you know seeing Peggy Carter and stuff, yeah, it's like that's cool. great. And I kind of saw that as like an opportunity of, oh man, this will be great. You know, this is a chance to even show more Marvel heroes, even covertly and stuff in the past. And so we could really have a Silver Age and a Bronze Age. And and I'm really really I was thinking I'm like wow where, what would Peggy Peggy Carter have been like in the sixties and the seventies you know, yeah and that's true I mean she she's kind of she became or she's becoming um, kind of the Nick Fury that ties everything together from the past yeah yep. to now in the future yeah yeah so you know so yeah that kind of that kind of excited me and stuff so so tell me about your let's get back to you guys you and David. And, um, you know, yeah, you did the alternate covers and stuff for Chef. When did you first encounter David? Wow, that was, man, we've known each other at least six years, I would say. Somewhere between six, seven years. Um, And we met at San Diego. Okay. Uh, He was uh, just starting out as a writer, or I think he was writing even few years before that but still he was starting and um we have a mutual friend well it was his cousin who's a friend of mine we he we were introduced through him and um you know i just thought he was definitely a a great person he was a cool guy um had a lot of opinions about a lot of things (laughs) which was intriguing because you know that's that's when I knew he's got to be doing something. He knows a lot. So I asked him even then, you know, was he doing anything as far as writing goes? And, um, he, he was, and, uh, we, we, we had talked about trying to do something together. Um, but of course, you know, when you're both trying to, you know, figure out your 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 place in this whole thing um you can lose touch <laughs> and um but we we always connected reconnected back at san diego every year so um you know um like i said last year we connected again and this time around it it was for shaft um mm-hmm. he recommended me as a cover artist for Shaft, and um, I was totally uh, stoked by that because sure. uh, the character has a lot of <clears throat> a lot of um, prestige, you know, in in, in 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 pop culture and cinema and so on. And hell yeah, you know, um, so 
a superhero in his own right. Yeah, absolutely, he's absolutely, man. you know, um, street level um, hero. Um, so that 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 was a, a great, you yeah. know, great look for him to uh, to recommend me to be a part of that. So that's you know, and again, it was it was kind of a we kind of just kind of rolled into that um, a lot. It was very natural because again, we had already had this relationship uh, happening throughout the the years. So mm-hmm. now, you know, working on that, it just kind of made everything else a lot more seamless. So <clears throat> it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, how everything was kind of a blur. You know, I, I may be saying some specifics, but really a lot of that stuff kind of happened all at once. Like how we even started on, Power Man and Iron Fist, and then, you know, how we were, we were already doing things at Marvel. You know, he was, he, I think he had already done a couple of uh, stories for, I don't know, I don't know exactly what, and I was, I did the, uh, I did the Runaways story um, Mm -hmm. miniseries for the Secret Wars event. Yeah, with Noel. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there was all kinds, of, all kinds of things brewing around us. We were already acquainted, and you know, again, it just kind of perfect storm happened. Very cool. Most is, part, it, you know, what's that? I said for the most part, yeah. For the most part, yeah. okay. So um, first, first story, five issues. Um, four. four, four. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no. And honestly, I was going to ask, like, because I know you got a lot of stuff going on in every. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Do. do you have enough time to maintain a, a monthly or a semi-monthly? Like, I mean, are you going to do four? Take a month off? Have the trade come out? Come back? Um. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan right now. Uh, okay. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely in. I'm in a place where I can handle four, take an issue off, and another four, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Will the will the book continue monthly? And is there a another artist that's going to come in on those fifth issues and stuff? Um, if Marvel wants to keep it going. <laughs> they, okay. Or you know, and again, if you know, like, it's it's okay if you can't announce a name. But yeah, I just wondered if it's. The plan. I mean, I would assume that once the book was announced, you guys at least you know got the first year set. Maybe not because again, I know Marvel is very judicious when it comes to okay, how many first you know how many orders for that first issue? I've seen. I mean, God, Doctor Voodoo when Rick was doing mm-hmm. Rick Remender was doing Doctor Voodoo, it went like a uh, snap of the fingers from oh, it's an ongoing to no, that's only going to be five issues because there really wasn't a lot of interest for issue one. Oh wow. Well, you know, orders. There wasn't. There weren't big orders, and it's right. like, okay, I guess we're not getting a new Brother Voodoo book. All right, right. so be it. Well, um, f- for us, um, we're we're our expectations are pretty. You know, I try to uh, keep my expectations. You know, uh, to temper those expectations, but I mean, you know. It's that it's that whole thing that you keep, you know, every creator falls into. You hear the buzz, 
there's a lot of buzz for this thing, for this book. Um, yeah. A lot of excitement for it. Um, so that being said, it, it just right now is it's set up to go for a good while here. So terrific. You know, we'll be a part of that. Okay, cool. And yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's what I wondered in terms of, you know, uh, like I said, is there going to be a fill-in artist? You know, I know David is prepping another Shaft uh, Dynamite series, right? Yeah, that, I think that's coming up. That, and you know, he's working on Cyborg. You know, I'm or actually, I don't know what the new Fifty Two. Maybe they're rebooting again, and Cyborg's not part of the plan. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, maybe you can interview him and. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand, man. No, I'm going to actually, you know, yeah, I'm telling you right now on the air and stuff, uh, you got to put me in touch with David because, no, I really, I would love to talk to David. He, Absolutely. He's, he's great. He's a great interview. Um, yeah, he, you know, again, our, our plans are to be here as long as the book is, is being produced. We'll, we'll be here cool. being a part of that. Uh, process that's excellent and i know you've been i assume you've been banking pages because i know ever since the announcement it's like hey look at this hey look at this here's character designs here's whatever right i mean you've been throwing stuff up which is great (laughs) i mean that's the thing man i mean i you know like we saw what you were doing at least with them you know a couple months ago and it's like oh this is going to be good and it certainly is it's you know it's it's a lot of fun it's very cool did you go back and like really go through the original run or are you guys enough fans that you felt you knew this is what worked and why or did you go back through the run again and go oh, let's let's really take a look and see you know the best stuff of, of power man and iron fist and, and what worked um yes to all of that honestly okay look at what worked what didn't work <clears throat> sometimes we took what didn't work and we're going to try to make it work <laughs> you know that's our, good that's our plan right now terrific yeah that's cool because there, you know, that's the thing. I think there have been some well-intended misfires of both characters individually, even uh, in the last couple of years. That you know, um, well before even uh, Fraction of Brubaker brought like Danny back and, and did so well with them. And um, you know, I don't know. I, I you know, I liked I liked the Max series that uh, Azarello did uh-huh. of Cage. Yeah, and I you know, but then again, I've heard people go eh, a little too straight, and it's like all right. Whatever, huh. you know, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It to me felt like uh, Brian's hundred bullets. Yeah. So I don't know, but but then you know, Brian kind of took Luke and took him in a different direction, and you know, Brian can't help but I think write funnier uh, Brian Bendis than Brian Azzarello. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Brian Azzarello doesn't write humor, but they write it differently, you know. And I also felt like, especially in Avengers, um, Spider Man really took Danny's place. And I feel this kinship between the way you guys are portraying Danny and the way that, you know, Peter always is. And, you know, Dan- Danny is the ultimate optimist. Yeah. And, you know, this is great. I, I you know, and I also love and I want to I, I really want to hear what you guys think, too, uh, of, you know, having Jessica, because Jessica certainly is part of Luke's life. Right. And, and she's going to, you know, clearly she's in the book. She reminded me of Annette O'Toole in 48 hours. <laughs> You know, yeah, just and especially because she's always on the phone too. Always on the phone, <laughs> always upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, hey man, yeah. like, let, don't forget, you promised me that this is only going to be a one time. Exactly, thing. you know, she. Well, I, I wouldn't say she's upset, but definitely, she she's like, what are you doing? You know, right. I thought that was the old. That's the old life. 
But it's just right, and that and that you've changed, and you don't want to. You don't want the old life. You don't anymore. want. I thought you weren't about that anymore. You know, it's the, it's that it's that whole frat boy thing. You know, it's like, you know, you're a married man now. You got you know, wife, kids, and you still want to go out and, you know, keg it up with with the fellas. <laughs> with daddy. You know, it's like, what are you doing? So it's not like that. It's not like that. It's just one time, huh? I swear to God, I mean, it's, uh, just once. <laughs> And you know that, and that that's that's word. that's really cool. That's that's uh, a relatable. I think from that aspect, that's where I think um, for for women we can bring in. There's going to be other um, opportunities for uh, for the female reader to 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 be able to enjoy. I, they, they they will enjoy it regardless. But we're going to have some 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 character female characters that will. Uh, come about here. Um, yes. Well, you yeah. I mean, with again, without spoiling, there are unnamed female characters that appear in the first issue, or one in particular mm-hmm. that clearly will be a bigger part of the story. And yeah, so I do think. And again, with the antis, and I'll say it. You don't have to confirm or deny. <laughs> with the anticipation of Misty and Colleen uh, probably coming back in some form or fashion, I think there's going to be a lot of strong women. Uh, for people, you know, for women who don't know, right? It's like the good news is no. There's there's always been strong women in these guys' backgrounds and stuff that right. are very capable, and sometimes are obstacles and sometimes are allies. And I think that's that's what everyone's excited for is like you can do it now. And I, you know, I I don't even I I think that they were being portrayed as sincerely back then as they likely will be in your guys' hands. Yeah, and I, you know. Um... That was something that we re- we really were uh, keen on making sure that these characters aren't going to be what they were then. In that regard, um, they were let's just say they were throwaway characters, for lack of better words, the female characters then, or they were definitely. Um, um, they they were minimized, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were there. They were there in service of Danny and Luke, right? Versus, and again, occasionally, especially in the magazines, Colleen and Misty got to do their thing, and they were there were a few daughters of the dragon uh, stories. And I'm guessing because just like right alongside the best, you know, Shaft movies or or Fred Williamson movies or people like that. You had Switchblade Sisters. You had Pam Greer. Right. So you had the Capable Women movies that were coming out back in the Grindhouse days as well. Right. So and Marvel's like, well, we got that. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. Should, you know, let's let's dive in. <laughs> I mean, we've got our we've got our Bruce Lee. We've got our Shaft. Let's absolutely have our Pam Greer. Let's absolutely have you know our best Shaw Brothers uh, female characters as well. Oh yeah, we we definitely, like I said earlier. Um, keying in on some of those um those influences in in film from that era in terms of you know the exploitation um the action uh, exploitation in the, the martial art film films uh again the kind of the grindhouse <clears throat> um motif and just you know putting it all together and making it you know, um, wrapping it in the influences of today, 
if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, Absolutely. So it's a, it's a it's a it's it's a lot of fun um, being able to mesh those things together because honestly, the stuff is is the ebb and flow, right? It's like these those things that were prominent then they're kind of you know in now. You know? Yes. Um, you look at a lot. Of, I mean, you, you look at shows like Mad Men and you know uh, shows like that, <clears throat> even movies. Um, these period pieces, um, if you will, um, or these, for the lack of better words, these, these, uh, movies that kind of, they're trapped in several time periods where it feels like an old film, but it has something else there that makes it feel current. Um, you know, and this, this is not even necessarily a movie. It was more of animation. Um, I thought Batman, the animated series did that really well. Gave this, gave you this, you know, noir kind of uh, this uh, Art Nouveau kind of feel. Definitely. But yet, it's this some of this tech, you know, this high tech or futuristic stuff. And I guess Art Nouveau kind of covers that too. But um, you know. Um, that that's kind of how we want to play on this. We want it to feel like this thing could be from the seventies on some, in some places. And then it's going to look <laughs> like, you know, very current in other. Places. Absolutely. Oh dude, you got scenes in there that felt like a hundred across 110th street. Yeah. And, and a great movie. Yeah. I love that movie. And, uh, and absolutely. And yet it's definitely modern at the same time. Mm. And no, I, I think people too, the great thing I think is the the people that get um, the older stuff. You know, I, I was talking about this with uh, Rob uh, Meyer Burnett or Burnett Meyer. I forget how I forget which <laughs> which is the middle name, which is the last name. But he's a he's a guy that's making the Star Trek fan film. And I'm like, you know, you need like a Tarantino or some sort of hipster that can look at the old stuff and say, look. Step away from the cheese. Step away from the misogyny and the uh, the gender roles that everybody was locked in and stuff. But you know, no one was going to tell Pam Greer to sit down. Absolutely. And if they did tell her that, then they were going to they were to get their asses. <laughs> and and that's the thing. So right. in that you know, or even God, you know, man, I was even uh, over Halloween. I saw the second, it was either the second Black Hiller movie or the third Black Hiller movie. And Black Hiller really becomes like a superhero after the first movie. Right. And he really gives a damn. And he's kind of protecting this one woman. Lisa, where's Lisa? And it was, <laughs> it was great, man. And again, it's like he became like Shaft where he's like a superhero. Exactly. So you, uh, you know, yeah. So you mine like the gold and you strip away the dirt. And and it's like no, you got something there, and it takes a good in, a modern interpreter to take that stuff and spin it and keep the gold, and also say, all right, and now we're going to even add the layer of we're putting it in modern speak with respect for you know respect for gender, respect for race, and it's like no, there's there's good shit here, and again, I think you know the opportunity is there to tell new fresh stories that still tie to the old stuff. And I think you 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 strike it you strike it gold when we strike you know it, it it all works out so this is this is good and I think this is a good example of that man absolutely awesome well you know yeah. um, that this first issue is you know like with any 
it's like having your first child. You're you're extremely cautious of every little thing, and you want to make sure that everything is perfect. And then reality happens. <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> you're you're trying to have this this child on the way to the hospital. You know, you didn't envision that. You know, you're, you know it's just. It's Did the deadline? Did the deadline creep up on you? Is that what you're saying? Or, well, uh, no, I'm just saying you never, no matter how many bases you got covered, there's always going to be one or two. That's, okay. and, and what I mean by that is um, that's more for my own personal, you know, aesthetic. I, I, I see things like, man, I wish I could have done this. I had more time to do this or whatever. Um, but the saving race in that is that, um, you know, you, you have – so many other things that you are excited about, like much more uh, things that um, on the positive side than not. So, okay. That's, that's, um, you know, that's, that's just kind of, you know, my, my thing, honestly, that's anyone, that's anyone that's doing, um, doing this creative thing, especially on this level, you know, this, this year is one of those, Um, books that um, a lot of eyeballs are on it. So, understood. You know, um, I know. I know. For me, like the day that it comes out, I think um, you know, Wednesday, of course, uh, when it's out, I'm not going near the internet. I'm not going. <laughs> not, I'm just staying away from every. So, but it's it's one of those things too where I'm going to be so busy that day anyway. Um, I got two in-store signings that day. Congratulations, um, that's great. And then a third one Saturday. Terrific. So, well, tell tell let people know where you're going to be because I'm going to put this out on Tuesday. On, so uh, you can get specific, and yeah, people people in your in your area can find you. Right. Well, um, I will be. On Wednesday, the day that the book comes out, 17th, I will be in Greenville at Borderlands Comics and Games. And Richard, I'm sorry, Borderlands Comics and Games will be, I think, from 11 until 3. And from 4 until 6 or 7, I will be at Richard's Comics which is, I think, 30 minutes away from there. So pretty much just doing a round trip. I'm going there. Then I will be back here on Saturday, um, and I'll be signing here um, Saturday at Punk Monkey Comics. Um, try saying that five times. Pretty, you know, but uh, <laughs> That's better than Puppy Monkey, baby. Oh, so that's boy, funny. that commercial, man. That's, well, didn't that suck? It's so disturbing. It's, oh. That's why they did it. They knew. Exactly, I know. Now it's stuck in our brains. Yeah, it's like, it's yes, like that. You know, it was, a, it was a train wreck. You want to watch? It was horrible. <laughs> you want to watch anyway? But so, so again, it's uh, it's because I don't want to screw it up now. Sorry, right? it, well, no, it's my fault because I brought up Puppy Monkey. Baby. What's uh, <laughs> what what what's the uh, what's the name of the store and where is it at on Saturday? Uh, Punk Monkey, which Punk Monkey is um in Columbia, which is my hometown here in South Carolina, cool. uh, and that is going. That's going to be from 11 until 4. And then the following Saturday, the 27th, I will be in Charlotte at Heroes Aren't Hard to Find. Terrific. Shelton Store. That's uh, Shelton 
drum his store up there cool so uh yeah you know four four shops in in a week <laughs> that's actually with a deadline i hope oh. I, oh god i shouldn't even said that now you know someone's <laughs> gonna hear it from marvel and oh my god the pages are coming along great i'm moving on <laughs> don't worry is, everything is moving along real nicely right now which that's the truth i am seeing i'm telling the truth on that so that's cool which are you working on three are you three working on four three okay yeah. all right that's cool yeah very good excellent Ed. no that's terrific you know um tim dog 98 on uh, twitter had asked is was there anything that surprised you during the lead-up to the launch so is there any specific story you can tell about that um hmm anything that surprising yeah um, I, I guess the, the, I mean, I hope I, I'm not making this sound like I'm so, such a, a pessimist about the thing, but honestly, I was, I was kind of surprised and taken back by the enthusiasm and excitement for the book. Um, and, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about, um, me, what am I trying to say? I'm not talking about the um the fans I, I'm, I'm talking about like the opportunities that are coming from this if that makes sense um you know uh like more more career opportunities for yourself career yeah i mean i'm being reached out to by you know honestly by the the other um of the big two um to do That's something great. that was like what <laughs> you want me to work on what and i and i had to turn it down um you know i was flattered by that but i was also kind of like wow you know that's so interesting that that would come about now and you know and then the other thing too is uh you know just the appearances that shows um i'll be at c2e2 i got invited to that Fantastic, yeah. man. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's great, yeah, man. I got invited to that. Got invited Wonderful. to uh to um um to E um Emerald City. Um very good. You know, I'll Excellent. be there. Great show. Um and uh there was another show. There's a couple other shows I got invited to, you know, and I can't, you know, I'm I'm having to actually say no to these things. In the past it would be, you know, me chasing them, to be honest with you. Um, for the most part. Um, and now I'm, I'm kind of just minding my business and then I'll get an email from, you know, people that would make me go, Whoa, such and such just emailed me, you know, that, that kind of thing. So. Excellent. Is this your first Chicago trip? No, I actually been, I was there like in Oh, Oh eight, Oh nine. Well, no. Okay. C2E2. Probably like 2010. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I I couldn't remember. So that's that's great, man. Well, I'm glad you're coming back. That's wonderful. Oh yeah. They, is is David going to be at any any of these conventions with you? Yep. He will be at uh, C2E2 and uh, Emerald City. So we're both. Oh great. Yeah. I got to tell you, man, and you know from you know your last appearance then at C2E2, and I can say this comfortably as well about Emerald City. Those are more pure comic shows, That's and awesome. taking nothing, you know, taking nothing away from New York or San Diego or any of the big shows, right? Or even any of the medium-sized shows or small shows, right? But uh, you know, that's the thing. I really think in in both Emerald City and and C two E two, 
Um, especially uh, the artist alley of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are real hardcore, like great artist alleys. I always say that to uh, people who ask me what are the good cons, and it's like I know I sound like I'm you know being a homer talking about my hometown show, right. and certainly uh, Shelton show is like that too. Heroes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know that better than me. So, right. You know. Yeah, though. You know that that's the thing that. Um, I guess this year is is it's it's pretty exciting to to be a part of these shows with with this book because you know not trying to you know come across uh, I don't know trying to wax poetic this thing or whatever but uh, this is a a pure comic man we're not trying we don't have any other other agenda with with this sure. Um, you know, it's just going to be a fun comic, a comic that hopefully reminds you of the comics that you read growing up. Um, you know, we're not going to go too heavy, too dark, like I said earlier. Um, there's going to be probably some moments, uh, intense moments, of course, but for the most part, you know, we're going to we're going to kick back and try to have some fun with this thing. Excellent. Jason Ford wanted to know who are your influences. And, and again, he hasn't seen the first issue. Are you going to bring the chain belt and tiara back? <laughs> <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I'm just I'm taking Bendis's cues right now, man. He's I like his I like his responses to stuff. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that's cool. Uh, influences, that's cool. Um, man. I mean, it it it's varied over the years. Um, I think my top, though, my top influences, um, Michael Golden, definitely um, on the top of the list. And um, with, you know, some influences from, like, some of the early cartoonists, um, guys like Milton Kniff, um, Alex Raymond, you know, guys like that. I tend to really look at their stuff probably more than anyone right now um, because I'm doing a lot of my own work, my own brushwork. And um, it's humbling, man, when you look at those guys because, you know, you're like, man, how do they figure out those lines to, you know, but, hey, you know, it's a part of the the process, you know, to, to learn trial and error and, um, you know, just grow from that. So yeah, those guys for the most part, and I'm also influenced by just culture, like urban culture. You know, if I could take urban culture and kind of mesh it with Alex Raymond or Milton Kniff or any, you know, any of those guys, that's kind of what my style is like right now. That's very interesting, and it's now that you say that, I think some of the talking scenes, I see the Kniff and I see the Alex Raymond in there. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really really cool. Because also, and I was going to say this, uh, for the people that are going to either see you at these conventions or at these comic store signings as well, you really have to uh, crack open Sanford's sketchbooks because there are so many different styles of art that you are capable of beyond this fresh approach to, to uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I really think that's exciting as well. And it also leads me to ask you, are there any updates on some of the other projects that we talked about in the summer? Um, there is going to be an announcement for 
um, an animated trailer. I think I mentioned that in the yeah the Netflix, the Netflix yeah. series. Well, no, not that, but uh, oh, okay. Oh, the other series. Well, it's not a series. Uh, we did a. Um, I guess they would have more a- than I thought. I got a, I got a few things happening here, man. I'm sorry, but um, no, not at all. Yeah, but yeah, I um, I'm working with a video game company um, right now, a pretty big company, and they um, hired my studio. Uh, the Secret Sauce guys. Secret Sauce, yes, sir. And um, they hired us to do an animated trailer for their new game. Um, I can't say what that is just yet, but the announcement for it is going to be really soon. Um, actually, we have a meeting, I think, Thursday or Friday to finalize, you know, what it's going to look like, the final look of the of the trailer, uh, trailer you know that's cool so by c2e2 you'll be able to talk oh about absolutely I'll, I'll be able to okay. uh hopefully sh- well i don't know if i could show it but i'll be able to definitely talk about it cool all right good deal good deal and the netflix series is that is that still coming or did it did it debut yet yeah that's coming that's uh going to be um i think in the summer the early summer late spring uh, the Army of Frogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be coming up. And so, yeah, just look forward. Netflix, uh, part of the uh, Net- Netflix uh, original children's uh, content that will be there. Excellent. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. And I don't know, they haven't announced yet. Um, I thought Luke Cage was already in production for Netflix. Um, I think so. Uh, I thought they started shooting in the fall. I mean, that's what, that's what, you know, I'm, I'm due to talk to Jeff soon. Yeah. I don't know when Jeff Lowe. Right. And he'll, and you know, and he's, he's usually cool about giving me updates on stuff and everything. I don't know if, um, cause obviously, you know, I know Daredevil's about to start in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what'd you think of Jessica Jones and Luke and Luke's portrayal of Jessica <laughs> you Jones? You know, you know, it's funny. I haven't watched it yet. And the, the reason. Okay. Why, oh, that's okay. The reason, Go on. the reason why was because I was working on the book and I didn't want to let that influence me so much. You Good know, for you. <clears throat> um, absolutely. That, 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 that's something that I'm learning a lot about. Uh, a lot of creators, you know, if they're working on something. They try not to. It's either or, but I think more often than not, lately, uh, creators tend to, you know, let me have, let me try to come up with my own voice. If I, if I happen to hit some of the beats from the show, then that's just, you know, divine intervention. (laughs) You know, that, that's sure. You know, that's just how it was just meant to be, you know, um, and that's good. But uh, we, we definitely wanted to make this its own thing. Um, sure. We're, we're well, gonna, just, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we're, we are going to, you know, at some point, uh, take some influences from whether it be the Luke show or uh, the Iron Fist show, or what, whatever they, you know. Sure. That's sure. down the road. So I understand. Well, and also where Jessica Jones is. In, in in her story on Netflix, it's it's really a prequel for from where you guys are because you know you guys have them together and married and stuff. This is that first meeting, right? In 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 the Netflix show, so you know Luke is kind of closer to the hero for hire kind of persona in that timeline of the Netflix stuff 
So that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, and then it's good that you, you know, you don't need to. And the, and the other thing is too, no, I would say from a characterization point, uh, the writers of Jessica Jones, they, they got it right. <laughs> they got Luke right. Right. So, and it's going to be interesting to see whatever they do with Danny because they've planted a lot of interesting seeds that uh, tie into, you know, Iron Iron Fist's power and and uh, the seven the seven worlds or whatever right. the hell it's called, right. and, and just the immortal weapons and everything. So, you know, Madame Gao from uh, from Daredevil's got to play a role in all this. Mm-hmm. She has to. Yeah. Well, I think. Well, yeah, I, I... Daredevil is is pretty much the the linchpin for all the Netflix shows. So right. any any characters that incur um on that show, they're they're gonna have some crossover. Definitely. And it's all moving towards that defenders right, you know, team up that's eventually gonna happen and stuff like that too. Right. Yeah, no, it's inter- it's very, very interesting. Um, you know, and I and I even appreciated the conversation about you know, do we need to keep Iron Fist Asian? You know, white? Should he be Asian? You know, should we try and, you know, kind of retcon and do do the right, you know, right. I'm putting in air quotes, the right thing. Right. And and it was interesting to see the response back. And I liked when Albert Ching even spoke up from New Zorama and said, no, I don't do that. Right. You know, you know, make another, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you know, there already is a good Asian character, Shang-Chi. Right. And, you, you know, know a that, wonderful character. I hope he shows up, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, Wouldn't nice? that be- that'd be nice <laughs> fantastic but you know it, you said it um i'm i'm of that same mind mindset as well i mean the whole thing with uh what happened uh with johnny storm in the movie um yeah michael My, uh, michael jordan yeah michael jordan johnny i mean storm. you know it's it's like really i mean you could have yeah um, he could have been a character other than that, why do that? It's like you're now you're insulting my intelligence almost, you know. For, for I like, understand, you know, yeah, for us, for, for comic fans, yeah, yeah, I get you know, it. For comic I totally fans, get it. for people of color, you know, that 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 are familiar, people of color that are familiar with the content, um, and and unfortunately, that's part of the reason why they did it because there are people who aren't familiar with the content like that, and right. they just automatically thought wow because i see this black person in this movie and i notice actor i'm gonna go see it and that didn't even work that didn't work <laughs> you know and yeah, i mean, like God damn, did you see creed i am going to buy it um I, okay all right yeah, i won't spoil it to say it's i know I, it, it sounds like i don't do anything but draw man but <laughs> well, and you're busy you know, I, I, and you're a father it's totally cool there's a lot there's a lot going on right now but uh, um, I did see Force Awakens. Um, well, we, we can keep, what'd you think? We can keep going. We just keep going. Never mind. No, <laughs> nah. No. I mean, you know, it. 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 it we, Talk to me. No, tell me if you. Was, you know, it's okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of people shut me off right now. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I felt like. Okay, it was very true to the beats of Star Wars. Yes. There you go. 
And that's the prob- That's the good thing and the problem. Or that yeah, was the I would say that's a good thing, and that's that's where it was kind of like really, you know, okay, little too little too on the nose, little too on the nose. You played it a little too, and 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 understandable though. I mean, Chuck's, uh, we were very tempted to do that with this this book, but then I was almost like we sh- that's that's one of the things that we shouldn't do. Because a lot of those things, like like I said earlier, we we looked at what worked and what didn't work, and what didn't work, we're going to try to make it work now. And, okay. And, um, some of those things, some of those beats back then, just did not work in 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 Luke's character, even Danny's character. It was just a little too over the top for for today's audience. You know, okay. They're not. Okay. It's a lot of that. Uh, uh, I don't know if the what's the word. It's just a little too um, over over the top in their in their character. Okay. You know, especially Luke. And sure. And my, well, yeah. No, I. I you know, know. The sweet Christmas is about is is a that's. As far as we can go, <laughs> you know, and even when he says it, you know, I guess I let the cat out of the bag. He's going to say it. He's going to say it <laughs> somewhere in, but it's not going to even be any, you know, it's not going to be this grandiose, sweet Christmas. You know, it's not going to. Yeah, I hear you, man. You know, Absolutely. No, I get it, man. Or yeah. like when he'd go to Dr. Doom, where's my money, baby? Yeah, you know, right, it's like, right. Oh, right. So, oh, yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's cringe. That's cringe worthy yeah. stuff. So. We we know that you know we we just can't go there. With, but you know, I, I, I want to know your opinion on this because I even talked about this with Reggie Hudlin, producer of the Oscars, by the way. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. No, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that that the Academy fucked up because I was so excited when I heard Reggie was the producer of the Oscars and that Chris Rock was hosting because I'm like, oh, that's great. And then this controversy comes. I was like, oh shit. I but I think they're gonna they're gonna be all right. I th- I I honestly can't wait. To hear how you know what Chris says, and Reggie's just such a pro and everything. But I was talking to him about Shang Chi, and also, really, both the the black kung fu movies and the white guy kung fu movies mm-hmm. that were coming in the seventies. And I always felt the feeling was it was like we saw Bruce Lee, all of us of all races, and said, "That's really cool, and that's really cool fighting. How do we learn that?" And I really believe that the, you know, um, uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on their names, Jim Brown, right. you know, characters and, and people like that. And also the white guys, you know, certainly Chuck Norris, but even beyond Chuck Norris, because he was just one of many. Mm-hmm. It was all, it was all following that whole, this is really interesting. It's exotic and it's cool. How do we get to do this shit? Sure. And it wasn't like in my mind and again i'm not the i'm not the race that you know got uh their culture taken or whatever but it, it, to me it wasn't as much appropriation as wow look at this cool thing how do we get in on this right and and again not in any shitty way but really in a positive like at least from a fan standpoint we're like oh no this is cool and we're very excited to watch more of you know uh, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee and all that followed, right. as as well as the decent ones where there were white guys and black guys doing uh you know chop sake. I thought it was cool, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's how I looked. You know, and again, that's kind of how I saw at least with 
the general intent of of you know putting uh, Power Man and Iron Fist together in the first place. Right. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to you know the whole you know should we make uh, in the in the Netflix show should we make Danny Black? Right. Well, I'm sorry, uh, Asian. Or, yeah. You know, and I'm like, no. I mean, we like you said, we have. You have an Asian character, and if you want another character to be Asian, then do that. Just yes. create, just create a character. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah Shang Chi doesn't have to be the only yeah, one. We, it's like we, we, <laughs> we feel this this weird obligation to just shoehorn, in my opinion, these these characters for the sake of inclusion or representation or whatever. Like you know, you can still do that without force feeding something. You know, or 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 doing having this knee jerk, in my opinion, knee jerk reactions to, um, to uh, developing these characters. You know, yes. you switch yes. these characters around and you make them. Hey, see there, there you go. Have there you go. Here's your your character. <laughs> yeah, there's one. <laughs> look, look what we did. We erased yeah. it no. and we redrew it. There you go. Right. Not only did we, you know, give you your character, we made this character your character. I'm like, no, yeah. it, no, you know. It's, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I agree with you, man. That's that's yeah. But I digress. No, no, but I appreciate the digression, and I thank you for for entertaining my my question of, of about that. Um, I feel bad. I stepped on. Matt uh, Putnam's uh, questions because he was wondering uh, if there were any plans for Jessica Jones. We've talked about that and certainly Misty Knight and points out too that, you know, she's seeing Sam Wilson and that's, that's a very good important part. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know how quickly beyond telling their first story, you're able to get them on the current uh, atmosphere of the Marvel universe. Um, Sam Wilson and I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Sure. Um, he said he was wondering if Misty Knight was going to be part of your oh, story. Okay, Misty Knight, and, and especially right now, given that she's been seeing Sam Wilson. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> That's good. Wouldn't that be? That, that would I like be. That. I mean, you know, <laughs> look. The, 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 in all honesty, we 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 have. I mean, we've got a lot of toys to play with. Terrific. In the Marvel Universe. And we also have to adhere to the powers that be of when we can play with these toys. Sure. So technically not, and you know, that's, that's not giving you, that's giving you pretty much the same answer I just said. Wouldn't that be nice? But, hey, uh, that's all right. But no, I get it, man. That's <laughs> cool. You don't have to spoil. It, That's it, all it right. It would be man. nice, though. It would be nice. It would be nice to be able to use those characters in the very next issue. <laughs> that would be great. You know. Well, that's even a shorter waiting period, so that's cool. Yeah. I would have been content with, yeah, stick around. Stuff's happening. <laughs> so that's cool. Very good, man. No, you've given us a lot to think about, it, I think, in, in, in positive ways. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to make you, you know, talk to me for two and a half hours like last time. Oh, God. So don't worry. Don't worry. And I, and also you're an hour ahead of me, so I feel like I'm keeping you up late anyway. Well, I'm 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 working on some right. stuff right now, so we're we're cool. All right. Is there anything you want to promote that we didn't have a chance to talk about? Um no, I think we're we're good on most most things, I think. Okay. All right. I think good so. Good deal. Um, All right. 
Yeah, with with the exception of, uh, well, I think we we covered that too. I was gonna say, um, you know, the, the uh, conventions and stuff. Yeah, we talked good deal. <clears throat> yep. All right, Matt. Well, no worries. We're gonna check in in a couple weeks at C two E two, and I'll hit you up on the floor. There was something we talked about off the air, and it might be something that we might want to save for the uh, for C two E two or something. Oh, that's cool. If you, if you want, and maybe that'll be a better time to kind of bring that up and let it be its own thing. Sounds good to me. All right. Hey, seriously, nice going. Thank Great you. first issue. Absolutely, man. I'm really happy that uh, it fulfilled my expectations and also am very intrigued at where you guys go next. So uh, Power Man and Iron Fist issue one comes out on Wednesday. Uh, David Walker and Sanford Green, and uh, it's been our pleasure to – Touch base with Sanford, and uh, he's got more stuff coming up, and we will uh, likely be having a floor talk at C2E2 and uh, give you more details, and uh, hopefully around that issue, too, might be out. Um, when is C2E2? March. It's the 18th, I think, so it's close to... Yeah, yeah, I think that that might be the week that it comes out. That would be great if it is. So if not, maybe I'll uh, bug Marvel and let me uh, see another preview so we got something to talk about at C2E2. That'd be awesome. So, but thanks, man. Seriously, and uh, keep up the good work. And as always, uh, happy uh, happy to open uh, a new conversation whenever you feel like it. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Let's keep the conversation going now with Phil Hester and Brent Peoples. They're the creative team behind the Gold Key Alliance. Uh, these are the Gold Key heroes: Magnus Robot Fighter, uh, Doctor Solar. Um, Mighty Samson and Turok. Uh, they started off at Gold Key Comics, of course, had uh, great revivals in the 90s with Valiant. And uh, now, again, there have been a few uh, in the last couple years uh, attempts to revive them once again. Jim Shooter had a big uh, uh, one of the one of the many and Fred Van Lente did some stuff recently. Uh, but now it's uh, Phil Hester and Brent's turn. And uh, the interesting thing is they're going to try and keep that old continuity uh, and, and reboot continuity as well and kind of make it all work along with this new modern story that takes place in today's world. And it's very interesting to do that with uh, especially some of these characters. Turok was a Native American who fought dinosaurs. And, uh, you know, uh, it, they'll, they'll go on to discuss, you know, I mean, uh, Magnus, of course, was fighting robots in the future, the far future. So, uh, what you know, what do they have in store for these characters? It's uh, great to hear their ideas and I look forward to uh, what they have planned for the Gold Key Alliance. Uh, plus, uh, Phil has a great new image series with uh, John McRae called Mystic. So great to talk to them about these projects and more. Here are Phil Hester and Brent Peoples, now on Word Balloon. All right, we're heading back to the future with uh, an excellent project. And uh, Brent Peoples and Phil Hester are on uh, Skype with me right now. Welcome to Word Balloon, gentlemen. Hello. Hey, John. Hey, Brent. <laughs> hey, Phil. Brent, it's nice to meet you. Phil and I, uh, we go way back. Yeah, too far. Exactly. Exactly. To the point of contempt for, for each other. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, no, no. On, um, so the Gold Key Heroes, the core of the Gold Key Heroes, Turok, Dr. Solar, Solar Man of the Atom, if you will. Of course, not being a Gold Key guy, Dr. Solar to me. Yeah. Uh, right. And now and, and Magnus, uh, Robot Fighter. Uh-huh. And, and young Samson, that's your core. Mighty Samson. Mighty Samson. Yeah. Oh, was it? Was there a difference? Was one a Hanna Barbera character and the other a Gold Key character? Yes, correct. There you go. Say for you're, two. You're learning something today. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we decided, you know, uh, Dynamite and their wisdom uh, listened to 
my favorite of the many pitches I sent them for those characters. And I said, you know, what would really make these characters work now is to, you know, have them all together. Um, because as cool as those characters were, I mean, they all, they all have really kind of, I mean, objectively nutty premises. Um, <laughs> At least, absolutely. I mean, they are. They're oddball characters, sure. which is what's endearing about them to me. But, I um, but I think something that, you know, an advantage they, they weren't really utilizing uh, was to have those characters cross over in, a, in sort of a believable way. Um, they all, you know, the, you know, Magnus takes place 4,000 years from now. Right. Uh, far future. Yeah. Turok takes place, you know, thousands of years ago. Prehistoric past. Yeah. Right. And Mighty Samson's in some sort of, you know, nebulous post-apocalyptic future. So I said, well, what, I mean, maybe, what if we could get them all together in the same time and the same place and have that place be Earth uh, in 2016? And that's that's the pitch they went for, and that's how we wound up with uh, what we're calling Gold Key Alliance. Oh, very good. Well, that's good, and you can use Gold Key in the name. That's yeah. nice. I, that's excellent. Brent, were you ever a fan of these uh, characters? Yeah, I, my my big uh, – when I first learned about them was in the 90s. Yeah, the Valiant era. The Valiant era, when they when they did the, uh, the crossover, the Deathmate crossover with Image. That's when I really noticed with the uh, Solar and Turok and all of those guys. That's when that's when they caught my interest. So yeah, I was I was a fan. So I'm pretty excited to do it. Do characters that I kind of grew up on, you know? Okay, because okay, that was my the Valiant. I mean, I knew that the uh, shooter at Valiant had brought these characters back. I didn't read any of that stuff because that was literally my post college. You know, I'm too poor to you know be able to buy a lot of comic books, and I pretty much was sticking with. Um, DC and I really I don't even think I read much Marvel so uh, I mean that's the thing so yeah I mean I was like the image stuff I'm like all right that's fine yeah, <laughs> I, really, I, honestly I was like whatever but you. the same way with Shooter and, and the Valiant stuff too and I know that um, all that stuff had you know a big revival and really got great writers and artists were were doing the books you know Jesus I, I know Rags Morales wasn't he doing uh Lapham, he doing Turok? Lapham was doing some and yeah, yeah. they were really great T- there was a lot of great talent involved, but I'm like you, John. That was that sort of. I thought those were good comics, but they sort of didn't count in my world because because yeah. I, I was staying true to Russ Manning, you know. No, I was the same way. Yeah, Gold Key, man. Yeah, I was all those things were amazing, absolutely. Right, and and I wasn't like I wasn't mad at Valiant, but I was like, well, no. that's it's sort of like me and GI Joe. I am big GI Joe with a beard. <laughs> Yes, full full size GI Joe, right. three three or four times the size of the six inch uh, GI Joe right. figures. Yes, and my and my brother who's just Kung Fu grip. My brother's just four years younger than me, and he's little GI Joe. You know, <laughs> and so there's that. So there's definitely that divide. And Brent's much younger than sure. me, so he's all about he's his memory, his ancient memories of the gold key characters are, you know, those that valiant run. Yeah, it was that Valiant run, and it was the it was that that Jim Lee cover he did for the Deathmate Black that I was like, who are these people? Um, and it's got Solar holding somebody by the face. And I don't remember who it was, because um, I was big into Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, like everybody was back in the nineties, sure. and um, and so that's when then I 
started picking up the Valiant reading, you know, the Valiant books, reading some of those. So, yeah, that was – but I was – when those things were coming out, I was, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. So, yeah, I was, I was a young kid. Well, that's perfect age though. And, and I remember hearing about uh, the Death Mate event. So were they with um, Rob and Jim's um, yeah. image, image heroes yeah. and stuff and like that? Was it was it? a big crossover that they did. Was it Wildcats and, you know, uh, yeah, Youngblood and all that yeah. shit? Yeah, my, my real, like, I think my only memories of that are the covers, to be honest. Yeah, me too, man. No, I understand. Me too. Um, but no, and I know, um, you know, some of my, some of my buddies that were totally into the hobby were like, you know, and, and will wax poetically about oh, yeah. Deathmate and those kinds of, uh, events. And again, it's certainly the, the value run as well. So how did you guys get together? Have you guys worked together before? Oh uh, yeah. We've been, we've been trying to get together on a project for a long time. I've known Brent for, for quite a while now and sort of yeah, been following him as he's come up, you know, through the ranks. And Brent, are you are you also an Iowa guy? Where are you Where are you based? No, I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm in- oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm a- give us your dossier. I know the I know the Hester uh, the Hester bibliography, but uh, give me give me your uh, your previous works. Uh, so my first, my very very first work was in 2000, late 2009, early 2010 on Zenoscope. I think a lot of guys started that way right around that time. Okay. Uh, so I did a very short stint over there. I did some grim fairy tales and some Sinbad stuff with uh, Dan sure. Klein. And then I did um, Fialkov. Josh Fialkov and I connected and started and created uh, Last of the Greats over there at Image. Yes, Last of the Greats, indeed. We, and, I, and I do remember that book. Yes. We did that crazy book. And then um, from there, I just did some sporadic stuff. So I've done Legendary Green Hornet over at Dynamite. Fun. Um, I did. What else did I? Like that was Steampunk Green Hornet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Bill Williams spinoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that recently. I've done quite a few covers over at Valiant in the past couple of years. Oh, that's fun. Um, also, some stuff, some some variant covers for like Archie, and uh, did variant covers for the Turtle Ghostbusters crossover that they did about a year. Hilarious. Ago, Very um, good. Over at IDW, and so yeah, that's. I think that's. I don't know. I've done some other stuff. I can't remember. Are you guys coming to uh, Chicago for C2E2? Oh, I am. Brent, no? No, I can't swing it. Not this Understood. No, no. Any any cons for you this year? Uh, yeah, actually, I've already got through June booked up. So I got uh, Vegas. See, I've got nice. – there's, there's a Dallas show here this weekend, uh, the Valentine's Day weekend. So I'll do that one. And then, um, yeah, I've got Wizard World Vegas in March. Okay. St. Louis in April. Nice. Uh, MSP Con in May. What's MSP? Uh, Minneapolis St. Paul. I think. Oh, oh, very. Oh, nice. Spring Con, Phil. Yeah, it's a it's a club show. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, it's like, and is it the same people that put on Fall Con or? Oh, yeah. uh, yep. Cool. That's good. And then Denver in June. Lovely. Excellent. I've heard great things about that Denver. Yeah, Denver's a great show. Excellent. Very cool. And is the Dallas show? Is that just the regular Dallas show, or does it doesn't it have a? Wasn't it Staple or something like that? Or no, Staples in Austin. The Dallas show is excuse me. It's Dallas Comic Con Fan Days. I think Dallas has two shows now. They have Dallas Comic Con, which is uh, they just got bought out by Fan Expo. The guys in Toronto. Oh, okay. Um, so it's Fan Expo Dallas in May, which is the big big one, and then they have a smaller, a little bit smaller show uh, this month in February that'll be the Dallas Comic-Con fan days. So, um, 
you know, it's just it's just like it's a downsized version. You know, I got we'll, you. Have it, you. we'll still get thousand, it probably thirty, forty thousand people through the door. Have you run into Scott Hines down there? Uh, yeah, you know, it's been a while, but I, I, uh, I met Scott several, several years ago. We haven't talked probably That's cool. in two or three years or so, but yeah. You know, I know he still does fanboy radio. Uh, I don't, I just, it's like, I'll go over there and every time I look it up, he's doing more general pop culture and I don't see, you know, it just seems like he doesn't do as much comic book stuff as he used to and stuff. Yeah. I think we might've talked back in 2010, I think maybe okay. I don't remember when I first started out. You've done that, right, Phil? You did yeah, I think, that, I think the last time I talked to him, I was physically in Dallas. Living down there? No, I doing a or show. Or just happened to be down there at a con, obviously. Yeah, doing a show, yeah. And he That's cool. corralled me okay. for a live, a live uh, family. Phil's, Phil's sick, secret, secret second life in Dallas. Yes. I have a second like, family. Yeah. <laughs> like the Charles Kuralt of comics, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if people knew this, but uh, I maintained two families for 30 years. <laughs> I swing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. you say that, I picture you on a big wrecking ball naked swinging back and forth. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> Actually, both images really work, and I kind of like that. I, Brett, there's your variant cover. Yeah. for. <laughs> okay. Phil swing. Phil has your wrecking ball variant. That's excellent, man. That's cool. So obviously, and I know Phil's a big uh, Phil, Phil and Fialkoff go go back. Are you guys part of that same network of friends? Oh yeah, oh, I'm that's everybody. Fialkoff was through Phil. Oh okay. Do you remember that Phil? Yeah. Yeah, he, New he York. Like, look, he was like, "Look, you got to take this kid Brent Peebles off my hands." <laughs> Trust me, nuts over here. It didn't work very well, did it? <laughs> So, uh, tell us, about, is it called Gold Key Heroes? Are they called? No, it's called. What are they Gold, called? It's it's called Gold Key Alliance. Gold Key and, Alliance, excuse me. And I'm sort of treating it like, you know, like Justice League number one back in the '60s. Just like let's take all these heroes and, you know, act like no one's ever seen them before. Act like their origins are taking place right here and right now, and. Just throw them in the mix together. And they have sort of an overarching villain that they all face. Um, but when we first see them, we see them all in their in their new status quos uh, in 2016. So you don't have to be a fan of the characters from way back, even from the Valiant days, even from the Dark Horse days, you know, the more recent sure. Dark Horse revival. Um, but I think we're presenting it in a way that sort of um, – doesn't negate any of those past things. You know, we're doing enough, I think we're doing enough neat callbacks and Easter eggs that will sort of remind people of their favorite takes on those characters, but we'll definitely be staking on new territory. Okay. And I'm trying to think beyond like Magnus's robot, uh, society that he's, Mm -hmm. that, you know, he dealt with in the future. (laughs) I don't remember, Solar villains or Turok villains or or Samson yeah, villains. That's sort of the problem. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, no, and I can yeah. see that as well. And again, I mean, the original audience was really your ten-year-old yeah. comic book reading audience and, back in the book you did. Oh, and even back then, those books came out kind of sporadically. You know, they, yes, you know, we remember long, long runs of those books, but sometimes there'd be like half a year between Magnus issues or Turok issues, well, and Solar would disappear. 
like toward the end of its run, it'd disappear for an, a year and then an, an issue would come out. So it's, um, yeah, there's, I think people remember the core concepts. They remember the looks more than anything. Um, especially in the, especially in uh, Magnus's case, because that Russ Manning's work was so gorgeous. People remember that fondly, but sure. And as far as the exterior, I mean, honestly, I remember the solar painted covers, Yeah, you know, in the case of, in the case of Magnus and Russ Manning. Yeah. I paid attention more to the interior, the interiors as well. Yeah, but yeah, George, I think all those George you know, Wilson covers are very memorable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, Phil. I stepped. But on. no, I and it's it's to me that's sort of the problem with making those characters all relatable to a modern audience is just sort of they were very light on continuity, you know, and it's sort of our job to make them relevant to a modern audience by giving a modern audience what it expects out of a superhero comic, which is sort of that that sort of Marvel DC universe interconnectedness. And um, we have to have those characters interact. And if you, by not having them interact, you're leaving a ton of story potential on the table. So it's, it's sort of, that was sort of our charge when we brought, when we were brought on board is to, is to make those characters make sense to a modern audience. And Brett, were there, were there older uh, artists that you look to, to, you know, for inspiration or, you know, uh, for fo- or a, a follow through line to the way you're interpreting the characters. Uh, not too much. I mean, you know, Phil in this in this recent uh, issue especially has said, you know, make this um, like, as far as like the Magnus is concerned. Um, you know, make these robots very Russ Manning or, or things of that mm-hmm. nature uh, without trying to spoil too much of it. But um, you know, most of it, I mean, I know what the, the, the basic characters look like. For, for Samson, I definitely had to go back and Google the old, because I never read Samson. That was one of the ones that I was not real aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I had to Google that thing. Luckily, there is, there's Internet. Um, sure. But, the um, you know, the rest of them, you know, I, I tried to, especially with the character design, because luckily I got to design all the, the, the new costumes so and feels pretty descriptive on what he wants. Um, you know, if he if he is just going to kind of let me go, he'll say have fun. You know, or he'll say I need basically need this and basically need that. Um, you know, so I'm trying to stick fairly close to the the core to what the characters look like. Um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to overly Hawkeye Turok. You know, or overly uh, sure anything. You know, anybody. Um, I want them to to stick to the the core look, um, you know. I just try to add my little flair, and there's some there's some variations here and there throughout the book that you'll see uh, where I kind of got to play with the character design a little bit um, and just have a good time with it, you know. Sure, Solar. Yeah. I mean, has one of those amazingly classic costumes, you know. I mean. Magnus, you are you keeping Magnus in short pants? I'm sure you're giving Magnus pants. Or <laughs> I, just, I, I want know, that. I want the mini skirt, but it was, I, was, I forgot it was a mini skirt. Yeah, man, yeah. that's true. It was more like almost like gladiatorial or whatever right. in terms of the the actual the actual skirt. And the white go go boots. Hilarious. Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, the white go go boots. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Fine. think I'm going to draw a skirt and boots for Magnus. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but uh, although, 
there's an opportunity there in today's society. I'm not trying to even be facetious. Yeah. Who's to say Magnus couldn't be? Actually, I had a fan. I had a fan contact me on Facebook asking if I was going to keep him in the in kind of the the mini skirt. It's <laughs> like no. And the way that I really the you know when it comes to character design, and I learned this. Fialkov gave me this a long time ago uh, when we were doing Last of the Greats, which was you know when doing character design, the the silhouette is what makes it. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be over flamboyant or crazy. Um, and one thing I really liked about what I really like about Marvel characters um, is all of their their costumes look more tactical than they do superhero. Does that make sense? So um, so I'm trying to go that same kind of route with these. So you know, if they were to be you know, tactile or tactical? So, like, tactical in terms of like they make sense in battle. They make sense. They make, yeah, tactical. They make more sense yeah. in okay. the real world. So, it yeah. looks more like an upgraded Under Armour type deal. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. Um, as opposed to just costume for costume's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I, <laughs> anti-life I, film. Yeah, no pouches. Right, right now is a good time for me to point out that uh, we keep mentioning like the. You know the old gold key run, the valiant run, the dark horse run. Um, there, there's also an older dynamite run from just like a year and a half ago. Um, the Fred Van Lenty, Greg Pak, mm-hmm. you know, run. And we're not throwing that baby out with the bathwater either. Um, the Frank. Oh, Rump- so there is there is kind of a, a bit of a thread, like you said. Yeah, there's a through line to those to those okay. issues. I mean, and I mean, of course, we can't use any sort of valiant or dark horse storylines because those belong to valiant or dark horse. Sure. But we can do this story in a way that doesn't uh, pretend those never existed, you know. Like and and it's it's a very Grant Morrissey kind of meta approach, but we're okay. we're tackling it in a way that you know makes makes this continuity that we're this all new continuity that we're dealing with at Gold Key Alliance is compatible with every other uh, Magnus robot fighter Turok you know, et cetera, story, uh, continuity that's come before. Okay. And obviously the story will unfold and you'll, we'll see it. Yeah. The proof okay. will be in the pudding. I respect that. Is, are these characters public domain characters? No. Uh, no. okay. Because when you said that they were valiant stories, dark horse stories and stuff, no. I know obviously in pretty, uh, previous incarnations, they would obviously refer back to the rights holder. Correct. Technically. Correct. But that things, as you know, especially I've dealt with a lot of that sort of stuff lately, writing Thunder Agents for IDW. Sure. Yes. That there's a, that always gets tricky as to what's, you know, what's part of the original concept, what was generated by, you know, the, the licensor at the time, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's best to steer clear of anything that's not part of that core concept. Um, Got it. And, you know, but, you know, I, I'm a fan first and I think about the, I stay up at night thinking about this sort of crap. And, uh, you know, I was like, I want to do this in a way that's respectful to all those other takes on these characters. And I think that's what's going to make this so good because fan is, or Phil is such a fan of these characters. I mean, he's really, you know, he's not just writing these books to get another credit and he's not just writing these books to get another paycheck. Um, even though that doesn't hurt, but he's, you know, he, 
he loves these characters and he's wanted to get his hands on these characters for a long time. So he's going to treat them as such. You know, it's not like. Uh, yeah. No, I understand. I mean, I, you know, Phil's Phil's project superpower run, I mean, showed, a, I think uh, if you didn't initially have that love for those characters, it grew fast. But I mean, that's the thing. I think your black terror stories showed that. I do think that your thunder agent story showed the same thing. Yeah, I, so, will, I will care about any, I, you know, try out any superhero, and I probably will find a way to care about it. I hear you, Matt. Well, and you find that you find the essence. I mean, that's the thing. Plus, you are an old-time comic book fan that really does, you know, find this appreciation for Golden and Silver Age characters. So, that's correct. It's not a put-on. That's really the Oh, thing. no. I, yeah, I, know, I know who I'm talking to, absolutely. And that's cool, Brett, that you're, you know, you're finding this, you know, I mean, how how do you see it, Brent, as someone that didn't grow up maybe loving these characters? Is it just a, it's an artistic opportunity again, not in the crass way, but in terms of you know taking something that that does exist and and putting a you know a different spin on it? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's super fun to me just to be able to attack these characters in general. Like when I when when I was approached about potentially doing the project, I got super excited. Um, one, because it's probably the highest profile thing I've actually done uh, in my still new career. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what it, you know, I've only been doing this professionally six years, so I'm still very green. Um, but it, it, it's a chance to take on characters that so many people love. Um, and it's still, I mean, they're characters that I enjoy too as a kid. It may not have that deep, that deep, deep embedded love for them, as, you know, like Phil or somebody that, that read the initial Gold Key stuff. But still having them from the 90s, um, it's it's a blast to draw. You know, I'm just excited to do it and not, you know, I'm more terrified about screwing up Phil's script than I am screwing up the character. Does that make sense? I understand. <laughs> I understand, man. No, that's cool. And honestly, I'm, Phil, I'm glad that, like, the writing has been going so well. That, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you continue to get more opportunities and stuff. That's that's terrific. I know it's been a really good 10 years in that sense. Yeah. It's, you know, it's weird. It's kind of, I think we talked about this last time, but it's, it, it's kind of crazy to have a 20 year career as a, as a penciler and then switch over and have, you know, a, midway, you know, put a 10 year career over as a writer on top of that. And then yeah. lately, like the last two or three years, I've, I've been doing both in equal measure and it's, um, it's, it's crazy, but cool. Are you going to do any uh, variant covers and, and things as yeah, the I've, run goes? Yeah, I've done a variant cover for number one. Um, that was inked by my buddy Eric Gapster. Okay. Um, and colored by my man Mike Spicer, who also colors my uh, my uh, image book Mythic. And, um, yeah, it's that variant cover was a lot of fun. And, you know, that sort of is an, enough of us an itch to scratch right there to get to draw a little bit of Magnus and a little bit of Samson. And I feel like I pitched in visually too, sort of like I did with thunder agents. I did a couple, Mm -hmm. I did a couple variant covers and I sort of thought, wow, you know, this whole gig was worth it to get to draw (laughs) iron maiden on a cover, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, I'm a nomad guy as well. Big nomad guy. And who isn't really for thunder agents? The greatest character. He really is. I wish that book was still going. I wish I was on issue 100 of that book. I understand, man. Well, that's always had that kind of 
you know, I don't know. It's going to have a run for a while. Yeah, it's like Doom Patrol. It's always got that sort of. <laughs> it's <laughs> every, true. That's good. You know, everybody who loves it is in the business. You know, <laughs> it's a, it's like uh, I can't remember what editor told me this, but they're at DC and they said like, like one of the number one characters they get pitched is Solomon Grundy solo books. Interesting, because you know. I don't think that, you know, comic book reading audience at large loves Solomon Grundy, but creators do. And we can't wait. And, you know, the, the, it's like they get they get pitched Ragman all the time, too. And Omac. Ragman. You know? I love Ragman. Yeah, Joe I, Huber, too. I mean, I'll drop everything to do Ragman. But that's awesome. But, you know, that's there's certain it's sort of, like you know, there are bands that way, too. You know, there are bands that are only loved by other bands. Sure, and absolutely. I think Thunder Agents might fall into that category, you know? No, no question. Well, these four characters, without spoiling much, what can yes. you tell us about your spin on um, all of, let's start Let's start with Solar, because, I, you know, I always think I always think of him as kind of the right. uh, the Superman of the Gold Key heroes. Right. Well, and like I said, in, in all of ours, they're all taking place on, on our Earth, 2016. Mm-hmm. The world as we know it. And Dr. Solar, in this case, happens to be... Um, Running for president. <laughs> no, much, much like Ben has Carson. Orange hair, orange skin. No. Uh, <laughs> it, it is... Uh, is that, This Dr. Solar is actually a lady. And she's... Oh, a, wow. She's a young African-American woman. And she's... And she is fully aware of her powers. And thinks the superhero thing is nonsense and that the best way to use her powers is sort of, you know, as uh, a super-powered, uh, you know, non-governmental relief agency. So she puts her money where her mouth is and goes over to Africa and starts, uh, you know, relieving poverty by hand. Yeah. yeah. She starts, wow. okay. Know, she's like, okay, this is an impoverished country. You now have free energy and it's coming wow. from me. Okay, and she um, is uh, she is to date my favorite one to draw so far. Uh, yeah, very cool. And and she probably relates the closest to the last dynamite continuity. She she has really close ties to the the Frank Barbieri Frank stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, and then uh, when we join um, Magnus, he's actually an agent in the Diplomatic Security Service of the United States. Which, if people aren't familiar with that, they're sort of like the Secret Service for um, the Secretary of State and our other um, government officials that do a lot of work overseas. And they're very elite. They're actually a really elite security force, law enforcement agency. And um, he's tasked with, you know, investigating these sort of like uh, cutting edge robotic technologies that are popping up in the context of defense and military development. So he's overseas investigating like this one little tiny country that probably shouldn't have a great military budget, but for some reason is cranking at really, really advanced androids and robots with warfare capabilities. Okay. And then when we join uh, Turok, he's actually a park ranger on a tribal park where, for reasons we have yet to disclose, um, dinosaurs are not extinct. <laughs> and he is, he is, for all intents and purposes, Reuben Flagg in charge of Jurassic Park. 
Hilarious. And uh, oh, that's very interesting. Can we put okay. Jeff Goldblum in that at some point before the before it's over with? By the way. <laughs> and and Samson better Jeff Goldblum than Chris yeah. Pratt, but go on. Yeah, and Samson, poor Samson. Yeah, he's crazy, right? Is a homeless man loose on the streets of New York, and 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 screaming at cops and getting in fights with subway trains. Was he biblical back then? I don't even remember no, like really what his was, deal. He was in the original run, the original sporadic, really weird, deeply weird run. He was a giant, like a seven foot human kind of mutant giant. He was super <laughs> strong. And he lived in this post post apocalyptic New York that was called New York. And he fought all the strange mutated animals and aliens and humans that were running loose in this post atomic Holocaust world. And it so was like a giant commandy, basically. Yeah, it, it, except for it, believe it or not, even nuttier. Not as good, <laughs> but nuttier. Okay. And he's the one that, yeah, like he's like you said, he's homeless, and is yeah. he still gigantic then? Well, yes, and it, and yeah. he's sort of the he's sort of the through line of the whole thing in that he sees our world as we live in it today as that post apocalyptic future that he's from. Got it. He's wandering okay. around when he sees a ta- you know when it when he's approached by a taxi cab, he sees a charging orange triceratops, you know. <laughs> Um, so he's living, he's still living in that whacked out future, even though it's not real anymore. So the, 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 and is he the key is his delusions kind of the key of what's his, his delu- what he's seeing and, and experiencing, um, the sort of that wall between those worlds being kind of flimsy and, and, and breakable is sort of our, our key, our entry to exploring all those worlds. Okay. Is this a is this a miniseries or is this an ongoing? It is that that depends on you, dear readers. I hear you. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I think if the if the response is good, we could we could keep it going for a really long time because I love all these new status quos and I love the looks that Brent's given these characters. And Dynamite seems open oh, to that idea. So sweet. Yeah. Say it again, Brent. I said that was so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Dynamite's open to the idea. Um, but if, if for some reason, you know, they're, you know, we get the numbers and they're like, you know what, wrap it up. Um, you know, we've, I was right modularly so that, you know, if, if I have to wrap something up, the last issue will be an end and, um, okay. it will, it will, it will give you a definite conclusion to the storyline. So whenever well, we're not going to leave anybody hanging. Is the opening incident though, like a five, a five yes. part story or yeah. the opening the opening deals five issues, and um, hopefully the response is good enough that they let Brent and I keep going. Okay, and will there be like a, a good ending to that fifth part? Oh, you definitely. Know I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because honestly, that is the thing that concern, always concerned me about some of the Dynamite stories was it was just like eh, it things seem to take their time. Yeah, no, I, in, I'm in the, uh, in the wrong hands. In the uh, wrong hands. Listen, I'm always, I've been doing this a really long time, John. Yes, you have. The clock is always ticking in the back of my head, you know, because I know great books get canceled all the time, and I'm I'm always ready to, you know, if if the curtain comes down, you know, I'm going to get that last stanza out before the curtain closes on me. I hear you, bud. All right, I respect that. Well, and it's a crowded, I mean, a more crowded bookshelf than ever before. Oh yeah, 
I can't. I mean, honestly, the glut of the uh, black and white time of the eighties and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, yeah, you, Phil, you and I, we've been reading for a long time, and it's like I don't remember a as crowded of a bookshelf that had as many quality products out there. Yeah, and just from, I mean, just Marvel and DC are enough to crowd up, crowd up the shelves in most comic shops. So it's tough to get noticed, especially for a superhero book that doesn't belong to Marvel or DC. Yes. But I think anybody that is like me, driven to seek out things that are a little bit offbeat and a little bit weird, um, I think Gold Key Alliance will sort of, you know, sate your appetite for weird superheroes. And I think I think kind of one thing we have in our favor is that especially with the resurgence of Valiant in the Valiant in the past few years, there's so many of those Valiant fans that are so. And if you've never spoken to a Valiant fan, those are probably the most passionate fans you'll ever meet. Oh yeah. Um, and I learned that just from doing doing the covers. Um, and they're great fans, but they're super loyal to the characters that they love. And I know that some of them are concerned, you know, okay, well, it's not overt valiant. The gold key stuff's not overt valiant, you know, and, and they all have their feelings on the, on the past run. Some loved it, some hate it, just like anybody else. But I think sure. because they want to see what we're going to do with it, that we're going to get a lot of pull just from, hopefully get a lot of pull from those valiant fans, those core valiant fans that'll pick up the book just because of what it is. And then hopefully they'll like yeah. it. And then move on from there. And I know I was talking to a, a friend of mine today who I'm not going to say his name uh, just because I don't want to sound like a, a jerk name dropper. But uh, he's a pretty big comic dude. And he said that him and, and his buddy are super excited and have some good expectations for it. Um, they work in a shop up in the Northeast. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that that. Once this is out, plus I think I mean I think Dynamite's pushing it pretty hard. Um, I was looking at the yeah. Dynamite website the other day and where the banner on the on the page and cool. I think they're going to do a big spread, hopefully in the comic book news that you get at your your local yeah. shop every week. Yeah, I just did a big yeah. interview for that. Oh, excellent! Oh, very good. Is uh, beyond beyond the two of you? Are there a, are there other guest star uh, cover artists that you know will get people excited for variants? Yeah, I can't I can't really tell you what they are because I don't know yet. But there, okay. there will definitely be more artists coming on board to pitch pitch in on the covers. Is Joe Ryband editing you guys? Oh yeah, Joe okay. Ryband and Rachel Pinellas are editing us on that book. I see. Okay, so and they're, they're both very, very dreamy. Yeah, they're both dreamy. Excellent. Yeah. You know, yeah, and get you're, you're getting to do what you want to do. Oh yeah, Good I can't deal. complain. I mean, to, that's one of the great things about working at Dynamite is once they say yes. I mean, they don't say yes to everything, but once they say yes, they let you do your thing. You know, they and okay. to me that's was I mean that goes back to when I was first broke in at DC and was working with Bob Shrek. Shrek always told me that like. You know, the the hardest and most important part of this job is hiring the right people. And then you got to trust them to do their thing. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this dynamic going on currently in comics, but that's not a lot of editors do that anymore. Uh, I'm aware of that. Yeah, actually, a lot, yes. of, a lot of stuff is top down nowadays. Yep. Um, and where heavy hands, yeah. heavy, heavy editorial hands. Correct. And to the to the point of ruining the stories, frankly. Well, I won't say that, but you, I'll say that. I'll let you I'm say set. it. 
so <laughs> I'm happy to say that. Um, Not actually. I'd rather have a good book, but no, man, good characters are being uh, misused and wasted for half a year because it takes five months to tell a story. Right. And uh, yeah, heavy editorial hands give us a very bland product. And and Dynamite is one of those places still where what you're getting when you pick up a Dynamite book is you're getting that writer's vision because good. Uh, you know, for for good or ill, I'm not making a blanket. You know, like rah rah for dynamite. Some some of the books are not fantastic, but once Joe and Nikki and whoever else is on your editorial team makes a decision to hire you, it's on you. You know, you cool. The book rises or falls on the talent. And believe me, Brett and I are are. You know, we're not. Um, you know. I take every assignment I get seriously and Brent's at a stage in his career where he takes, you know, everything's do or die for him. So we're breaking our neck on this thing and, and I hope you at least check it out. I don't care if you hate buy it, you know, <laughs> as long as you buy it and uh, give us a chance to win you over. Cause I, I think you'll, if, if you're a fan of the characters and even if you're not, um, I think we're presenting them in a way that's, it's going to be exciting to people. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really, and, and as, as an artist, you say, you probably, you know, watching Phil on Twitter, you see a lot of this where his, his self-deprecating humor comes across where he says daily how he doesn't know how to draw comics or how to write comics. And we all know that's a lie, but you know, as artists, we don't, we, we tend to do a page and go, okay, that's really good. And then about 30 minutes later, look at the page and go, oh, that's crap. I want to redo it. And you just got to turn it in. But I'm I'm super proud of, you know, for me, this is this is by far the best work I've ever done on a project. And, you know, so I'm super, super pleased with it, um, even though there's plenty of things I see in it that I would change now after what because I'm what in issue number three now and it hasn't even come out yet. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's that's one thing is, yeah, I really hope that we get some good steam on this and, and people do pick it up and like it because. I'm super proud of it. I'm super proud of the of the scripts that that Phil's turning in. They're super fun um, and exciting to read, and, and I think they're the dialogue is right on point, and um, and the pacing's really good. Um, I mean, it's a Phil Hester book, you know. So if you like Phil Hester books, then you're going to like this one. And I just, you know, I think my art is doing it justice for the most part. Is is it twenty pages or is it twenty two? Twenty two. 22, very yeah, good. Dynamite's still holding the line at 22. That's and, good. And, uh, yeah, don't let's not bring that up because I don't want him to think about going to 20 because I, I, I need those two pages, baby. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, and also I was going to ask artistically, Brent, um, what do you – do you can you quantify what areas of your art where you think, you know, God, I'm doing this better than uh, in a way that I wasn't before? I think it's a – I think it's everything. You know, it's like every artist goes through this trek, right, where they, they – they make gains and gains and gains. It's almost like going, it's like, you know, it's almost like working out at the gym. You go to mm-hmm. the gym and, and you start out this, this little skinny dude or this big fat dude. And then, you know, you make some gains and you lose some weight or you build some muscle, then you kind of plateau out. And then, and then all of a sudden you break through the wall and then you start making gains or losing more weight, however it works. And it's kind of the same way, you know, with an artist as you, as you go through, and do this over and over and over again, you finally start working through the crap and you start putting out something that's really good. Um, or you, at least you hope is really good. Um, 
and I think everything's just better. You know, working with working with a writer like Phil, and not saying that the writers I've worked with before in the past were bad because they were all good, um, as far as I'm concerned. But Phil, being an artist too, he understands the page. Mm-hmm. So you find a lot of writers want 16 different actions going on in a single panel when you can't make that work. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. Um, but Phil, Phil understands a page, and he understands if he puts six panels in a page, there's a reason for it. Just like when he lets me open up and only do a two or three panel page, um, and he's not afraid to put splash pages in there and things like that that makes the comics fun. Sure. And so working with someone like Phil, and it, it's kind of funny because I turn in, you know, Phil's got a, a vision in his head. So you know, we start out, we're finally starting to click. I think, am I right, Phil? Where I turn okay. in. <laughs> Where we turn in, you know, I turn in layouts and, and issue one, I get some notes. And then, you know, issue two layouts, I get a little less notes. And then issue three layouts, I got no notes, which to me, to not get any notes from Phil Hester is a big deal. <laughs> I hear you, man. Absolutely. And Phil's been, you know, Phil's been a really good buddy of mine for years. But I still, I mean, I look up to this dude like crazy. Um, and so to not get notes from Phil is a big leap for me and a big, a big, uh, a big hurdle that I've cleared. Now, not to say issue four, I won't screw the pooch and get a whole bunch of notes. But, uh, but just you know, I'm, you know, the the dreaded backgrounds that every artist, except for I think Mark Brooks, hates to draw. Um, <laughs> you know, those are those are. I'm I'm just really I'm really putting a lot of passion. So I think it's just showing through. You know, I mean the the drawing skill comes. The more you do it, it's just going to come. It's going to get better and better if you're any good. Um, and there's still plenty of stuff I have to learn. Um, I think every artist worth their salt keeps learning until they die. Sure, absolutely. But um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I think I think I've just I've I've made this leap. I don't know, Phil. Do you have anything to add with my blubbering? How's he doing? Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> what it's, it's it's I think it's light years better than anything he's done to date. Um, okay. And it's sort of the it's sort of the book that's going to make. Uh, Brent's been knocking at the door, uh, Marvel and DC and Dark Horse and you know Valiant for a long time, and I think this is the book that is going to make people regret they didn't open that door sooner. Tremendous! That's excellent, man. Phil, tell me about this. Is it Mystic? What's your image? Oh no, uh, it's Mythic. And you can mythic, be you're forgiven me. because everybody who mentions the book says Mystic first. Yeah. Uh, no, all right. Well, it's, yeah, tell me. It's called Mythic, and it's uh, from Image, and I write it, and John McRae draws it, and it's that doesn't suck. Wow, it is hey, a man, John McRae. Yeah, he's great. And yeah, he is. great guy. No shit. Um, Salabinati introduced me to him like two years ago. Uh, Could not be a sweeter guy. Absolutely, he's a total John, sweetheart. Yeah. John's. Yeah, and he and the the, ba- the book is basically an excuse to let John draw what he wants to draw. Okay, um, and, <laughs> and it's it's called Mythic because the the core the core concept behind the book is that um, science is a lie. Science is the opiate of the masses. It's what we tell ourselves about the way the universe works. Because if we knew the truth, which is that every weird old wives' tale and f- piece of folklore and old chunk of mythology is the actual truth about the way the world works. (laughs) And in fact, even competing ideas about how the world works are the way the world works. 
So uh, in one part of the world, the sun coming across the sky is Helios's chariot. In another part of the world, it's something else. And so to make all these systems run smoothly and not conflict with each other, you have to have this team of what are more or less glorified maintenance men that go around the world and make sure these systems don't conflict. And more importantly, make sure we never find out about it because we, so they're controlling the, they're controlling our perception of it. Right. So, cause we'd go nuts if we knew that, you know, if we go nuts, if we knew the earthquakes really were like, you know, twin lizards, Subterraneans. Yeah. <laughs> underground. So, we, so, so oh, science people. is this science is this little lie we tell ourselves about how the universe is working. Meanwhile, uh, the human belief systems are sort of polluting reality as it exists on Earth and making all these crazy things happen. And so the mythic team is is sort of the team and and the mythic team is comprised of all sorts of crazy characters uh, that have some sort of ties to ancient mythology. And they they run around making sure the system runs smoothly. So they're like damage control. Exactly. Yeah. Damage control, but on a cosmic scale. I hear you. Hilarious. How long have you been doing this? Uh, I think we're on issue six just came out. And John's, God damn it. John's drawing issue eight right now. And it's really uh, – I, I will not speak for myself, but I will say it's the best work of John's career. And Did it, you have, – have you guys released a trade yet? Uh, no. That's – we're idiots. Um, we, yeah, what's wrong with you? Go on. Well, we want it to be <laughs> the first arc, and the first arc's eight issues long. So, God damn. All right. So how's that going to – what's the price point on that when uh, it comes out? We're going to try to keep a lid on it as much as possible and keep it reasonable. You know, most of those new image trades are are 10 or 12 bucks for – Right. Yeah, nine bucks usually for five issues. Yeah, so we're going to try to stay in that $15 to $20 range I think for for our our 200 – issues. For our 200 uh, trade. That's great. uh, It's it's, – I think it's really funny and it looks fantastic. It is, it, and Mar- and John and I do it Marvel style, which is um, I'll hand him a shooting, what basically looks like a radio play, mm-hmm. and let him go nuts with the visuals, and then I come back and make sure everything syncs up correctly. But like I said, it at the beginning, it's it's an excuse to let him draw what he wants to draw, and that he runs with it. How's it selling? I mean, again, because like oh, the first I mean, issue, that's... the first issue is by far the best uh, image sales we've ever had. I think we sold over twenty five k on the first issue, which is pretty good for John and I. Um, yeah, uh, but it was also a buck. Uh, and okay, it was, it was, oh, it was a true issue, and and but yeah, the yeah. good thing of it is we didn't we didn't have the. We had better than the standard attrition, you know, that kind of rolls okay. out after that second sure. issue. So I think sure. I think we earned some goodwill with that original price point and people stuck around a little bit longer. So, yeah, you know, Image is, is happy with her performance. And as long as John's happy to do it, I'm happy to keep doing it, too. That's fantastic. And John obviously has his um, British following, right? Oh, yeah. He's got, well, you know, everywhere John goes, I mean, people love him. But isn't and forget because John's British, I know that. But I was going to say, like, does um, you know there might be a, a more of a core audience because John John's a guy that like because of things like Hitman and yeah. Garth Ennis and stuff. I don't know what, and I got to be honest again because John is part of that blind spot of mine in terms of I don't know how well he's regarded beyond Hitman fans, and if he's got this 
90s rep of, oh, my God, it's Sean McCrane. He's doing something new. I mean, when he did Legends of the Dark Knight uh, years ago and stuff, it was like, God, it was amazing. And it was a great just meat and potatoes Batman story. But because of John's look on it and stuff, I didn't understand why DC didn't release it. Because I'm like, this is so great. And it's such a idiosyncratic look at Batman in the same ways that um, Kelly Jones's Batman is so Correct. distinct, yeah. or any any great you know artist like that. Yeah, he's like so like me. He's really as an artist. Yes, he's really graphic, and um, and I'm, what I mean by graphic isn't gory. I mean he's he's about you know stark blacks and whites and angular you know cuts and compositions. Yeah, um, and that's like an acquired taste to people who've grown up on you know Brian Hitch. You know, sure. So, sure. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, we're sort of like the indie rock and roll as opposed to this mainstream rock and roll. But um, but I, I think people that are seeing John's work for the first time with Mythic are really going to be blown away. And, and old time fans are, too, because he's found a new gear, which you're not really supposed to do in your 50s. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but he both he and you know who else is doing that? Mark Silvestri. Uh, oh, I didn't. That's interesting because so I got to be honest. The last thing I've paid attention to Marks was when he did the Hulk and he was six, so other yeah. people were helping him. And you know, yeah, no, his the stuff he did like on the newest, like the covers he did for the the latest, like Cyber Force revival, mm-hmm. and and the sort of the Batman stuff that's leaking um, is is like unbelievable. It's like on a whole new level for him. So, but John's doing the same thing. He's found this new groove, and it's. It's really – I'm just happy I get to hang on for that ride. I understand. That's excellent, man. So 8 is coming out or he's just finishing He's eight? finishing 8. 6 just came out I think or and 7 is at the printer. So we're staying ahead right. of things. And you know, and like on this this gold key book, that's something I can assure you is we will never be late. Brent is so far ahead that um, – That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not, we're not going to be plagued by any sort of lateness. And I don't, I don't get late on books. <laughs> At a boy, no, but hey, man, I, 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 uh, I, I have, I haven't before, but I, I don't, I don't like to do it. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, because at, at the end of the day, everybody thinks an artist is a flake anyway. So if I can, <laughs> oh, we are. <laughs> no, but I also, luckily, being friends with as many of you guys as I am, and and talking to some, you know, on a weekly basis, if not even day to day, I do know. You know, the artists that are like, you know, putting in the hours on the weekends because it's like, no, I can't be late. You know, I'm a professional and the least I can do is put out a book. I also know that it does take a real month to to do a quality book and everything. So, and that's you know, thank you. Thank you for your hard work. Sir. That's the other good like, thing about Dynamite, too, is that, you know, if if I only turn in four pages this week, they know that I'm putting in in the time. And then I mean, it, it helps that we have so much lead time, too, but they're not cool. They're not down my back. But. You know, I'm going to make sure that those pages get turned out. I mean, last week, me and the lady took a couple of days just to hang out and spend some quality time. So so Daddy had to work until 3 o'clock last night to make sure all the pages were done and, and turned in. I understand, man. No, I, that's, you know, I'm a night owl, and sometimes I'm on Skype, and I'm talking to an artist, and it's like, yeah, I'm ink it tonight. What's going on? How are you? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, all right. Spotting inks tonight. Good. All right. Yeah, cool, that's man. That's the way it Whatever. goes. You know, so that's excellent, guys. That's very, very cool. So the Gold Key Alliance, and it's coming in April. So they're uh, therefore in previews. 
it's in the current uh, February oh, yeah. previews. It's in previews, and I think all the covers. I think for this issue, there's the there's the painted cover by man. I can't pronounce his name. Um, he's very good, but um, very talented Italian guy that I we can't pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, but he's got a. We have a painted cover, and then there's the fill cover, and then I think what they're calling the Virgin fill cover, which is pretty close. Oh, to what what's that? Is. Uh, but it, uh, it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have the set the the dressing on it. I think it's just. Oh, a okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's just the image without the, the uh, image logo uh, and things like that. Interesting. And then there's also I think they're doing a sketch cover too. Sure, well, man, that makes sense. Which I'm really hoping they put on good stock because I know I'm going to get a ton of those across the table, and and if it's a slick stock, I'm going to have to call Joe and and tell him this isn't going to work. Get fired as you're. As you're both artists, I have to confess, I'm one of these adult coloring guys now that I, I mean, the DC covers are cute, but I actually um, was at uh, Chicago Comics like a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to buy that Age of Ultron coloring book. And I had a blast. (laughs) And honestly, I mean, I'm not even using, I'm not even using colored pencils. I bought the giant, you know, hundred and whatever uh, Crayola box. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man, because I'm not, you know, please. I, I mean, that's like I'm going to keep it like low budget. And just in terms of I have to admit there's something very soothing. And it's kind of that Zen feeling that I, I think when I was a kid and I would go fishing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is. It's that kind of, you know, can I just do something that shuts off my mind? But there's enough of something that I like involved. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, man, I, I really I, I just it's a great stress reliever. I, I've really I kind of am. You know, a convert now. Those things got hot, and I don't. I never understood it. So everybody told me about it about a year ago, and said you should do an adult coloring book. Or have you seen the? And I, yeah, it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. I said, "What? These won't sell for nothing." And those things are hot. They're everywhere. I mean, at, at the line at the grocery store, there's adult comic books right next to, or coloring books next to, you know, People Magazine or whatever. That's what I'm saying, man. And honestly, like I, I was thinking. Um, you know, honestly, Phil, your style with Andy, when you guys get together, Andy Parks, for yeah. you know, listeners who may not know when I say Andy, I, I could see a lot of that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. We just drop the blacks <laughs> out and go. Exactly. Yeah, you couldn't color my stuff. I have too many lines. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> what I want to know. But yeah, did, I was just wondering what you guys thought of that stuff, Curry. Did you buy brand Did you buy brand name Crayola crayons or did you go with like the cheap rose art? No, no. Uh, oh, no. I, I, that's hilarious. I went with no. I, <laughs> I went with Crayola. I absolutely went Very with good. Crayola. You should well, have also you could have kept that smell. Just gone. Wait, one at a time. Go, Phil. <laughs> you had to get that smell that only comes from Crayola. Excellent, and Brent. If you, you should have just kept it really low budget and just gone all the 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 uh, restaurants and asked for the crayon <laughs> the kids. <laughs> yeah, but then you only get eight colors or twelve you just colors. Have you a red, blue, and orange, but it it would work. They'd be like, yeah, but you know, I really wanted because um, Art Balthazar, it, you know, yeah. um, a lot of times for his sketches at Artist Alley and stuff, he and Franco are using crayons to color their sketches, and um, and I, you know, I mean, just the most obvious things that you wouldn't think of, and I, and again, because I'm thinking like a an eight or twelve crayon box, and I'm like, what do you use for skin color? He's like peach, and I'm like, of course you do, and that's why I'm like, and he's like, oh yeah, you got to get the big one, sir. He's like, you got to get at least. He goes, if not the, you know, the 128, at least the 64. Wait, wait, I'm like, wait. You tell me you got upsold on crayons? Well, again, it's crayons, man. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, this is like an extra $10. 60 cents, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, man. There, yeah. Diamond Jim's got the. Yeah, I got the coin. It's okay. <laughs> it's one less Snickers bar. It's all right. I can do it. Did you get the but box that's the with, the, with the sharpener on the back? No, it came with this big, giant, funky uh, sharpener that had feet. I'm very confused by it. Wow. But I know, uh, I know. But I've yeah, I uh, I'm I'm telling you, I'm uh, I'm I'm coloring away. I did get a couple of the current uh, DC variant covers, and they were okay. But I, I, I got more joy. The, my favorite image was, um, is it Epting that did uh, Age of Ultron? I think it was Epting. Mm-hmm. And, and that that uh, image in Age of Ultron where Cap is beaten and his short and his shield oh, yeah, is yeah. broken and he's kind of in that uh, fetal position from being defeated and stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, I had a I had a field day doing that. <laughs> I was, well, I, seriously, I know it's ridiculous. So. Well, listen, man, <laughs> at at C two E two, why don't you just set up beside me and you could color my sketches all weekend. There you go. I know Frank goes the same way. He's like, "Feel free, man. You can start coloring my stuff." Yeah. So, I don't know. I've got a, uh, I've got a Paul Galacy, Chris Evans, Captain America, that Ben has put up on his Tumblr, and because now I finally realized, I'm like, I don't have to buy these things. Yeah, I mean, bring them all. Yeah, I know. There's oh, and the other thing, I got Star Trek the animated series. I got a couple pages. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's that basic. Yeah, you know, animation where you can. But I want a little definition because that was what was fun with uh, doing Cap. It was easy to get his costume and the skin tone and everything. But it was fun doing the walls and doing, you know, the the loose wires that were hanging in whatever bunker they were, you know, hiding out in and stuff. So uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I want to hear you. I want to hear you tackle this with like an, on an episode with a with a colorist. I you seriously? I I I should. That's a good idea, Phil. Good good plan. Oh my god! I gotta call Laura Martin. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> Leave me alone. I got my own coloring issues. I don't yeah, want to. This is gonna be like you don't know how much you're like devaluing what I do. Exactly, man. It's like Einstein calling a kid. Yeah, listen, I'm having trouble with like division. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Brett. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Well, thank thank you for indulging my my coloring. But yeah, I've been honestly like the like for the last month. I'm like, this is fun. Am I wrong? <laughs> No, you're right. I I just uh, I never I really want to see you doing it at an airport or something. That's then well that's when I know it'll be real. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bringing my crayons with me or anything like that. No, I've got them set up. <laughs> so I get enough looks from people that come and visit and stuff. Why do you have crayons? Well, let me explain. Or I literally, when I finished my Captain America, I put it on my fridge because that's what you do with, with the oh, stuff nice. you color. You know, and I don't have children, so. I'm my own child, basically. <laughs> there you go. This is my work. What do you think? I think you nailed it right there. <laughs> you are your own child. That's a tight, exactly. you know, yeah. that could be your autobiography title. I, I Let's be honest, dude. Exactly. Living the Peter Pan life. Yeah. It's 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 not attractive. <laughs> Don't let, it's a cautionary tale. Don't let this happen to you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Fistful of crayons. They're going to find me dead. Fistful yeah. of crayons. Oh, Fast food wrappers all over. Well, this explains everything. Yeah, it was bound to happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. All right, well, let's leave it there. So, okay. Gold Key Alliance, it's uh, it's coming from Dynamite in April. April 6th. And, uh, yeah. April 6th, first week in April. Excellent. Very, very cool. And, uh, no, guys, it, it does. It, sound, it sounds interesting, and I, I appreciate the premise and uh, the directions for these uh, well-established heroes that are on a new path. Thanks to Phil Hester and Brent Peoples. So good luck with that. And, uh, yeah, good luck with Mythic, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm equally excited about that. That sounds really cool. So 
I'll make sure to get you some at C2E2 if you swing by. Oh, thanks, bud. That'd be lovely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, man. Sweet. You got to, you got to, uh, we got to, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go to another uh, good Chicago joint for, uh, for dinner. Like yes. we, uh, like we did Miller's Pub uh, a couple of years ago. I can, I can look at what I can't eat there. Oh, that's all right. We'll get, we'll go to, a, we'll go to a, a low carb place or at least a place okay. you get good food. Low carbs. Don't worry, Phil. All right. You'll take care of me. Don't worry. Excellent. And yeah, Brent, I hope to see you soon on the, on the trail. Unfortunately, I'm not going to any of your shows this year, but yeah, I'll be, maybe I, I know that, uh, and later in the year, I'll be at New York for sure. And I was hoping you'd say that I, I am likely going to be in New York. So. so I'll be there and I, I'm pretty sure I'll be in Baltimore, uh, later in the year as well. So those are, those are two of the shows that I definitely want to make sure I hit. Every- okay. Good deal. Yeah, San Diego definitely for me, and uh, most likely New York. I would say I'm ninety percent certain. So, yeah, I don't, I don't ever, you know, I haven't been to San Diego since 2010, and I don't think I'll go back unless somebody flies me out and puts me up and all the stuff, which is very. I understand. I understand. Well, going to happen. So, for me, it's still an opportunity to get business. So that's that's, and also it's fun, and I mean, you know. But any con is fun, and you're right. I mean, no, it's a it's a ridiculous amount of money, but again, somehow somehow it leads to something that uh, justifies yeah. the expense. Right. So yeah, that's New York for me. I understand that too. And so. the, and you know the con landscape is changing so fast. Shows are blowing up yeah. all over the place. I mean, I did I just did a show in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Had Your seven, backyard had seven thousand people. That's fantastic. That's yeah. Which, oh, by the way, and I meant to ask you as both uh, artists and everything, I kind of like as a consumer, uh, I'm really glad that the artists are like, hey, uh, how about uh, five uh, five books to sign, Max? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd have. I got to be honest. That. I kind of like that. I haven't done that yet because I, I don't have a huge. I'm not like you know Tony Moore. Yeah, I don't have a huge line. Yeah, totally. So unless that unless that unless the, I somehow get wildly popular overnight. You can bring me the whole stack. I don't care. Okay. All right. Brent, you feel the same way right now as well, but in, in your at the in your, in your career right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think the most books I've signed at once are twelve. Um, okay. So I think I mean you know I've seen Phil get short boxes of what was it those Godzilla, yeah. those Godzilla covers that you had to sign a hundred of them or something oh, like yeah. that. Well, I yeah I paced that out, but yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it, usually anybody that has like a total run of my work is old enough to have some common sense and they, and they pace it themselves, you know? So that's cool. I don't, it's not a big, it's not a burning issue for me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause I, I've noticed that of late and I'm like, yeah, I, I, cause sometimes you do get, you know, behind the short, the short box or even long box guy. And you're like, Oh yeah, I know. But man, I think when, I think when you charge somebody for a signature, that's, that's short term stuff. I think, you know, I, when you do signatures for free and even sketches for free, you're getting a fan for life. Well, true. Slow down. Don't what, sketch. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about full sketches. I'm talking about just little doodles. Yeah, quick sketch. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think you're building enough goodwill that people will follow you throughout your career. And 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 the charging people for signatures is sort of, and and this is nothing against the the creators that do it, because I understand why they do it. Sure. But, um, I'd rather play the long game and have fans for life. I agree. And I have more sympathy too, because someone said to me, like they had mentioned a silver age creator or a bronze age. Well, silver and bronze. Yeah. Yeah. Age it was Denny O'Neill. And they're like, what do you think of Denny O'Neill doing that stuff? I'm like, well, he's Denny O'Neill. And he's like, <laughs> eight something. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'll give Denny O'Neill, you know, 10 or 20 bucks. Sure, man. 
Like it's job, Denny O'Neill. It's all right. Job is vice president and be in charge of Denny O'Neill. Absolutely, man. And yeah, uh, you know, so so that's okay. That that that's all right. But no, I, I agree with you. I think, I, you know, if this I think I like, guy, yeah. thanks. I think I like the um, the tip jar idea that some people would come out with where you just kind of put it it's almost you know you put a tip jar on your table and somebody come by ask for a signature oh it's free you know but if you want to leave a tip there's a tip jar or whatever sure um and then that leaves them up to them to show their appreciation one way or the other you know i do that i do the tip jar but the tip jar is always for hero that's cool that's cool too absolutely you know mike kaluta i got a great shadow from him at a very reasonable price because I didn't want to insult him. But by the same token, this is, you know, when I was between jobs and I didn't have the money anyway. And he's like, I'm like, how much? He's like, how much do you want to pay? <laughs> I'm like, uh, am I insulting you for $60? And this was like, like 10 like years ago. That sounds like. And he's, yeah. <laughs> how much and it's literally, that's, that's how he said it. And I'm, like, and I'm like, he's like, you're not insulting me at all. I'm like, okay. And he drew this lovely, you know, pen uh, pen shadow for me, and I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome! I have a Mike Kaluta shadow, and I'm sure you made money on that deal because I'm sure it was. I, I, dude, honestly, I yeah, I mean, I I lucked out. I really, and especially with creators that are no longer with us, I have a I have a, a Gene Colan blade that I got for less than a hundred dollars. I have a Tony Dezaniga Jonah Hex that I got for less than a hundred dollars. Right. And it's just like, God, you know, that was very sweet. And literally, I paid what they were, what, you know, their face value of what they were offering. Oh, yeah. But again, it was years ago. So, yeah. But, you know, I've done the free sketch, too, for people where I had a guy at MSPCon last year, Phil. We, um, there's a huge Valiant fan came by my table and was just super excited to meet me, which was kind of cool. And, you know, he, he bought a couple books and whatever and had, a, had me sign them and then, you know, was stressed out about money and couldn't afford the sketch, but wanted it. And so I just, you know, you take it and you knock one out. And like Phil said, yeah, it just makes a fan for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, very, very cool. Bush. Well, be well and uh, right. good luck with the project. And, uh, and I thank you for, for coming on. And uh, here's, uh, here's hoping it leads to uh, a bunch of new readers for the Gold Key Alliance from Brent Peoples and, and Phil Hester. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Nice talking to Brett Peoples and Phil Hester, and that'll wrap things up for today's Word Balloon. Thanks a lot for listening again today. Uh, John Suntress here reminding you that uh, more great stuff is coming up for the month of February. We're not done. we got plenty more. And, uh, man, it's been busy. Lots of people calling, and, hey, can, you, can I come on? Can I talk about books? In addition to the people that I had already you know, kind of said, hey, can you come on? So uh, we're going to try and accommodate everyone. And uh, it's a full uh, month, even though it's only 29 days. But uh, I think you're getting your money's worth, even though Word Balloon is free, uh, this month and uh, beyond. So uh, keep it right here on Word Balloon. We are just weeks away, like I said, from C2E2 when I was talking to Sanford and uh, Phil about that and Brent. So, uh, you know, you will give you coverage there. And uh, that's just the beginning. You know, then we'll be into spring and uh, interesting conventions and uh, summertime things coming up. Still got to talk about Deadpool and Batman and Superman. So many things in Captain America Civil War. Uh, it is going to be relentless. I thought last year was a big geek year in 2015. 2016 is looking as big, if not bigger. So very interesting year. And uh, certainly with the uh, changing tides happening soon at DC and uh, the ongoing sagas of what's happening on uh, television and film and comics, man, oh, man, 
Glad to be here ringside with you to discuss it with the people that are making it happen. And we all get to hear about the behind the scene details every week on Word Balloon. Thanks a lot for listening today. It was brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. You know the drill. Great deals at InStockTrades.com. If your orders are $50 or more, you receive free shipping. They have great books at great prices you won't believe. Go to the website and look for it yourself, InStockTrades.com. John Sutras again saying, if you've got any questions or comments about the show for Word Balloon, reach me via email, john at wordballoon.com. Follow me on Twitter, uh, at John Word Balloon, on Facebook under my name, John Suntras. And, uh, you know, I, I occasionally pop up on Instagram and Tumblr as well. I'm trying. And uh, if I have something interesting to say, I usually put it out there. Usually they're pictures of uh, weird reruns. You know, I can't help it, man. I'm on a Love Boat Jag. I'm on a Fantasy Island Jag. Uh, all the game shows that I watch on Buzzer, all these uh, you know extra digital channels that are popping up now and and showing these reruns and stuff. I am waiting for the convenience store security film to have its own channel. We are just months away for something like that happening. So uh, talk to you in a few days. Thanks a lot for listening. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2016. <laughs>